0: Alright, Megan, play the music. Let's get it rocking. With
1: With Longhorn Nation. We're back.
2: We're back. We're back. We're <laughs> back. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, we have got an awesome show today. Yes. I'm really excited for this one. Y'all may have heard uh, a little bit earlier. We uh, have a very special guest joining us, uh, Trey Feltini, former former uh, Longhorn, yes. lifetime Longhorn, and currently in the minor league system right now. He's going to join us, talk a little bit about Texas baseball, talk about his experience as a Longhorn, get some fun facts in there, and that is the opportunity for our listeners and followers to ask him questions too. He is yes. open for that. So you guys, please you stick around. get to ask him directly. Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. We've got some uh, Texas football talk, of course, a little bit of basketball talk, Super Bowl talk. We got a Lots of show. fun Super Bowls. So we have all the fun
3: prop bets. <laughs> yep. So we will um, have prop, like there's so many cool prop bets, but there's also like the added um, little nugget this year with like Taylor Swift bets. So those are kind of funny, <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about just the likelihood of a punt. The like, uh, How many punts? Oh, it's going to be so fun. Um, and also we have um, a really cool interview that Sark did at the East West Shrine Bowl. Mm-hmm. And there's some really great nuggets from that. So we want to talk about those and just a lot. I know. I how, know. Was, how was your weekend, Megan? It was
2: good. It was good. We, uh, first pitch dinner again. I'm, I'm in full on baseball mode at this point. Uh, so Texas hosted their first pitch dinner, which is great. It's where they, uh, honor the previous year's squad. Cause you know, right. baseball by the time baseball season is over school's out. So guys kind of yeah, move around almost get instantly celebrate as much. Yeah. So they do uh Texas baseball does awards, um, during first pitch for the previous uh, year. And then it's also in alignment with the alumni game. So mm-hmm. you get a lot of guys, obviously, that are back in town for the game. Good time to do the awards. You get to meet the new squad, talk about the upcoming year. So it was a lot of fun. It's, good, uh, good, good. I it, liked your photos. Yeah, it was a good time for sure. Uh, so definitely some questions coming into the the twenty four season. Mm-hmm. Texas last year in the Big 12 uh, for baseball. Um, but, you know, it was pretty cool. I feel better after... Kind of interacting and hearing from the squad, hearing from the coaches, and you drank all that orange. I, listen, I in. do every year. I, can I make arguments one way or the other? Of course, but yes. every year, even though I try not to, here I am chugging the Kool Aid. Go again. all in.
3: I mean, why not? Here
2: what's there to lose? Right. So, how was your weekend? Um, a lot. A lot happened. Yeah. So
3: I um, Nadia on thir- was it Thursday. Mm-hmm. Nadia uh, won her districts in the wrestling. So she advanced to regionals, and that's this week in. Uh, that's gonna be Friday and Saturday in San Antonio. Yeah. Um. So that was Thursday, and then gold medal. Gold medal. Gold yeah, medal. She, she won first in her district, so that was pretty cool. Amazing. And then yeah, she's she's loving it. And then um, Saturday, I went to um WinStar with mm-hmm. my. so this is pretty cool. My brother last year Mother's Day thought it'd be really cool to give me, my mom, my sister, and him like all tickets to see Tim McGraw mm-hmm. and Windstar. And he loves Windstar. It's just, you know, just, right on the border. Yeah. Right. Of, yeah. The, in Oklahoma, just mm-hmm. when you go over the border. So um, it's supposed to be like the world's largest casino. It just goes and goes and goes. It's one, one massive, long, 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 long casino. Yeah. And on the outside, it has all the different buildings look like different buildings from around the world. It's mm-hmm. really neat. Um, and for being in Oklahoma it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had a blast there. I, we had, we had a really good time. So we just road tripped up and because you only have to go there once and they start just giving you free stuff, right? Free stuff in your emails, and your, in your mail. And so my mom had only been one time before with Josh and we had free hotel rooms, <laughs> free food, free this, free that, like everything it. was free. And then my brother, um, Got the concert tickets for us, and it was supposed to be in December, but then it was you know, but rescheduled, yeah, until this past Saturday because you know he had a back surgery or whatever. But I, it was a blast. The concert was great, the casino was great. My first 80 cent bet, I won 420 something dollars. You the
2: best luck with that stuff, I yeah. swear. And like... then
3: I so I cashed out and then I played <laughs> on the rest of that little money. And then the next day, I started with 20 bucks on roulette and I made 100 bucks, so it was great. I, I like, they cost them money. For me to go there. <laughs> I know. I love it. Hey, Dina, thanks for joining us. We just, we see you. Yeah, Akuma, if you don't know, that is south of Puerto Morelos. So thank you yeah. again for
2: joining us. Stay tuned. Beautiful. Again, this is a great opportunity. We're going to have Trey Feltini on here in just a little bit. Yeah. Um, great opportunity to ask him your questions, your burning questions about Texas baseball and his time here. So, yeah. But
3: yeah. I have to tell you something really yeah. funny yeah. that yeah. happened at the Tim McGraw concert. Um, when has pegged you for a Tim McGraw person? I, oh, no. I've, I didn't realize how many songs I love <laughs> yeah. from Tim yeah. McGraw over the years. I mean, I, if he's released anything in the last five years or 10 years, I don't know it. Sure. But
2: if the I mean whole, he dominated the
3: 90s. Oh no, I like yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I was like, oh yeah, he had so many good songs. And Indian Outlaw is always one of my favorite country songs ever. Yeah. And so anyway, what was hilarious is we're in Oklahoma, right? And we're at a concert, and they, you know, every now and then they put this camera on people in the audience. There is a grown-ass man thinking about the Texas Longhorns. <laughs> while he's in Oklahoma at a Tim McGraw concert. Yeah. There's no sporting event happening. There's no, 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 nothing about Texas. And he's going like this. Of course he is. A grown ass man. Tim McGraw
2: is a Florida guy, isn't he? Like, as far as his well, he must Florida be in Nashville
3: State. now because he may he changed one of the lyrics. Like I haven't seen a Titans game all yeah, year. Like yeah. he changed some of the lyrics, but he so he must be in Nashville now. But no, he's
2: there, but I. His I college don't know, team. I don't know where he's originally from. I think I think his college team is Florida State of Florida. I could be wrong I, on that, but I don't for whatever know. reason, it's sitting out in my head
3: for no reason whatsoever. This man in the audience <laughs> is thinking about the Texas Longhorns. During that I concert, hey. because he's going like this, Refrain and I'm like, I love it. bless Thanks. your heart that you're thinking about Thank the you. Longhorns right now <laughs> at a Tim it. McGraw concert." That's a crack up. You sad? sad oh, well, sad soul. You know, that's it. how he chooses to spend his money and time. He, that's you know, good it's on just, him. He was thinking about good the Longhorns. It. Good on him. Good job, guys. <laughs> that's, anyway, that's but awesome. that it was really cool. I, I would love to go back. I told Richard he would love it there. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it was easy drive, and sure. the place, Cause you were up and back like. We, we left Went up the same day. We left by like, noon on Saturday, mm-hmm. and we were back by two or three on Sunday. Just come and go. And once you're there, you don't have to drive. You don't have to. Right. And let me tell you one other thing. Sometimes in the casinos, especially once you're stuck there, they charge you ridiculous sure. for drinks or ridiculous for everything. So our buff- massive buffets were free because they had coupons. And then we had coupons for, like, everything was free. Pizza late. late at night. And even a round of drinks like Tito's and cranberry ranch water with whatever tequila, like, blah blah blah, nice house. beer. Well, no no no, it wasn't it wasn't on the on the house, but a whole round
2: twenty dollars. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's not people, where they're making their money. No, though, some places you know. can charge you twenty bucks for one drink. Right, casinos definitely. I mean, it's like strip clubs, like the drinks aren't necessarily, well, strip clubs are a little different, but oh, they, that's not where they're making their money. They're yeah. not, they're not counting on it, they're st- making their money off the club. ATM fees. Listen, strip <laughs> club food is so cheap because yeah. the food, and it's actually pretty decent at most places, but that ain't where they're making their money. Right. No. So yeah. Anyway, anyway <laughs> it was, um, it was, It was a lot of fun. I love that. So that was cool. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, speaking of folks thinking about Texas, Mm. even when it's not football season, I love that. We got to talk a little bit of Texas football, right? We had some change-ups. Sark uh, announced Uh some change-ups here. Uh, We know that longtime director of player personnel, Billy Glasscock, has now moved on. He's with Ryan Kiffin. Um, at Ole Miss. Everyone's with Lane Kiffin I'm at all. I'm telling Ole Miss you, now. that dude, I swear he's kinda like Some, what is happening. And I'm here? not I'm not saying this is a knock. I see Kiffin is like the hyena that just like follows sarkeesian around picking up the scraps well you know? but you know they they seem to be buddies. Buddy they are
3: buddies for because sure they they're playing this game on social media together and like kj Lacey was supposed to be in, at ole miss last weekend and he didn't end up going but there's there's they have this buddy weird thing happening yeah. and i think they're like a it's like brotherly competition yeah, <laughs> I, there's I, yeah, watch for Ole Miss. Yeah, something it, big is happening. Definitely.
2: There. Well, and you know, Chip Brown was talking about this earlier. That that move for Billy Cla- Glasscock to go over to Ole Miss was actually, I mean, Sarkeesian helped that along. That's that you know, Chip was reporting that that was a favorable move on both sides. Yeah. Um, freed up some opportunity for Sark to then promote. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Brandon Harris gets promoted to general manager, which is a new position for Texas. Yeah. Um, again, that used to be director of player personnel, uh, but you know, we've talked about this with all that goes on with recruiting and everything that's changed and all the pieces that have to move, you know, this is the first time the University of Texas has seen this GM position, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is something that college is starting to trend towards and you have to, you've got to have somebody that can manage all of that.
3: Right. With these programs becoming way more professional Mm -hmm. and now you have, you're managing the deals, you know, not just scholarships, you're managing NIL deals and all kinds of things in and out of the program. Now, it, it is more professional. It is going to, it's going to be run more like the NFL or the MLB and all of it within, well, for this position, almost like the NFL now, right? Right. So a lot of schools, the big names, are starting to hire not director player personnel or not this or that, GMs. Like they need a GM right. who I guess he's going to report to SARC or is he going to report directly to CDC? He,
2: he reports to SARC. Okay. Um, but CDC oversees that position right. as well, of obviously. I mean, but yeah. yeah, I mean, this is something that Brandon Harris and Coach Sargesian have been. In lockstep with everything, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely some exciting news there. Then we also saw John Michael Jones, uh, get promoted to again director of player personnel, right. Taylor Searles, director of recruiting, she's been mm-hmm. working her butt off, that's yeah. really cool to see. And then Kendall Perry, again, director of recruiting operations. So those are some really big moves, and you yeah, love to I see I love the
3: women me too. in these spots, yeah. me too, And you
2: love to see folks that have come up with Texas, right? Yes. And and have, and again, these are. Sarks guys but you've seen some of these again taylor has mm-hmm. been around for a minute really getting that opportunity that's cool to, cool to watch definitely cool to see congratulations
3: so. to all of that. yeah i love it i that's love a it big announcements so
2: um again a little bit later in the show we're going to talk about um Sarkeesian at at the Shriner's Bowl, the East mm-hmm. West Shrine Bowl. And uh, Shrine, Bowl. Shrine Bowl. I always say Shriners. It's not. That's it's the that's Shrine the Bowl. I do this with every time. Hats. I know in the little cars, right? <laughs> uh but yeah, so we'll we'll talk a little bit more Texas football as we go farther on. Um, so yeah, before we jump in, you have any any last minute stuff? No, um, let's let's bring our oh let's say hide a longhorn laundry absolutely. really quickly, and then we will. Welcome, Mark. Absolutely. We want to thank Longhorn Laundry. Uh, They are absolutely incredible. If y'all haven't checked them out, listen, I hate doing laundry. I think it's the biggest pain in the butt ever, and I don't have time for it. If you've got that busy schedule, don't want to mess with laundry, all you have to do is check out Longhorn Laundry. Again, that's longhornlaundry.com. And if you enter the code FTC20, that's FTC20, you get $20 off of your first service. That's free pickup, free delivery. They come get your laundry for you. They clean it, press it, uh, seal it, and bring it back to you. Again, at no additional cost. It's a really great deal. That would be nice. So again, that's our guy, a boss. We love him to death. So that is uh, Longhorn Laundry. Check him out, longhornlaundry.com. Tell him FTC sent you. That code is FTC20. And we always thank him for supporting this yes, our, our program. You. It's a good time. So, all right. all right. Without further ado, y'all, we are really, really excited here. We have got Lifetime Longhorn, Trey Faltini joining us today. Hey, Trey, how's it going? Trey, you like my What's t-
1: up? I love th- I love that shirt Did even find me one of those I love that shirt right
2: <laughs> that was one of your original Nil deals right like you were a trailblazer here with that shirt at Texas. yeah a little
1: bit a little bit
2: <laughs> Oh <OG>, gee Trey Faltini
1: <laughs> exactly exactly.
3: I had to I had to go find it in my closet. Right, pull it out with my base, it. with she my baseball it. season stuff. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. so
2: welcome. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. So recently, you were in town for the alumni game. We talked about that a little bit earlier. The first pitch dinner and alumni game. Um, and just for a little background on the folks that, that don't know, uh, if you don't know who Trey Feltini is, my goodness, are you even a Longhorn? Uh, <laughs> but Trey comes from uh, Houston, Texas. Again, you were drafted the seventh the seventh round from the Reds so you're you're working there uh playing your way up and of course you're my favorite shortstop for Texas like I <laughs> no no offense to Hamilton or anything like that but I, we loved watching you play number zero you rock that hardcore so it's the kid for sure and, and we got a little something for you as we bring you on so we gotta get it yes. there we go
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: There you
2: we go. The walk-up friend we had to rock the walk up, to rock, wa- rock walk-up. Oh up. yeah, for, God, sure. for sure. It would be <laughs> delightful. Welcome. <laughs> so, had to rock your walk-up song. I love it. All right, well, <laughs> hey, so tell us about that alumni game a little bit. Did I mean, this is something that seems pretty unique to Texas, where you know Texas baseball is in a position that we have so many incredible players that are able and willing to come back and play a little, you know, scrimmage game one-on-one with uh with our current squad. Tell us about it. Tell us about
1: that experience. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's, you know, it's very unique. I feel like, you know, we're probably one of the very few schools in the country, if not one of the schools that, you know, can even have a true, true alumni game where, you know, the other team is, you know, consisted of full alumni where it's not, you know, just a couple of guys. So, you know, I think that that's, you know, awesome to be part of. You know, I know when I was in college, I looked up to all those guys that are in the alumni team and, you know, want to hopefully be one of those guys one day and, you know, to finally be in that kind of position is, um, you know, it's a great experience and something that, um, you know, not only I, but all the guys that are alumni, you know, we don't take for granted. It's uh, something that, you know, truly is special.
2: That's that's awesome. One of my favorite things too is you've always been great with kids. You know, the kids come up and they they see Sammy, they see Trey, they, they're so excited. You're always the first one there giving out autographs, taking photos with kids. Tell us about that as as a mentor, as you've kind of transitioned from playing at Texas now in the minors, you know, with the Reds still being that mentor. I mean, you've got again, thanks for joining us. We know you've got some some training and some lessons coming up right after this. So how is that? How has that been going from being player, you know, coming up through Texas t- turned into a mentor?
1: Yeah, it's been huge. You know, I think one thing my mom was always, you know, on me about growing up, you know, is being, you know, always, you know, able to sign autographs and never being, you know, too big or, you know, feel like you're, you know, you're too big for other people, especially, you know, little kids that look up to, like, you know, stuff like that. So a lot of that's credit to my mom. You know, she, you know, both my parents, obviously, my mom and my dad, they both, you know, try to instill in me, you know, at an early age, like, you know, you were a little kid at that one point, you were you know, you may not remember, but one time you were, those little kids, you know, screaming at, you know, players asking for autographs and asking to sign your shirt and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So, um, you know, I just try to, you know, as much as I can give back to those kids, especially, um, you know, kids I know are true diehard fans and, you know, love the game of baseball. You can definitely tell those kids, you know, from a mile away. So I try to you know make those kids happy and say that as long as I possibly can, and you know, make everyone make sure everyone goes home happy.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You speak of the diehard kids. Uh, again, we loved your mom being out at the we, dish all the time. Edith. We for love those, Edith. Yeah. Everybody loves Edith. Exactly. Oh, yeah, for I, sure. I'm sure you roll your eyes sometimes, you know, your yeah, dad. People know,
1: people know more my mom more than
2: they probably know me. I know. <laughs> no, I love it. Well, she's very vocal, but we always loved her. Now I have to apologize for this because we did use what is probably my favorite picture of you that your mom happened to share with us a couple of years ago of you. At bat with the banditos black, just mean mugging, just mean mugging, man. That is one of my favorites. Is that is that something that is okay to use? I, I guess I should have asked late. you that, but it's Don't too late not- now.
1: Yeah, no, we're all good. That's no, that's one of my favorite pictures, so we're good. Good,
2: good. I love it. i I still it sets, feel it sets the tone for the next 30 years. <laughs> it's, absolutely- oh, yeah. it's fantastic. So yeah, so you know, we mentioned banditos black your dad actually coaches baseball and played a big role. So you are the oldest of four brothers, right? You've got three mm-hmm. younger brothers. All of them, for the most part, are baseball. You've got one one black sheep brother that maybe oh, yeah. in a different direction. Um, can you tell us a, a little bit about the role that your dad played in in shaping your baseball career, shaping your love for the game? Or was it something that you were just born coming out and you wanted to play baseball you knew no matter what?
1: I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I think, you know, I definitely, you know, I think growing up, we went to a lot of Astros games. So I definitely saw baseball a lot more than I saw other sports. So I think that kind of, you know, started a little bit. Obviously, you know, my dad loves baseball too. So I can't, you know, once you got two people that love, you know, something they, you know, are going to be bonded by it forever. So, you know, once I started, you know, be able to walk, I'd be, you know, all about the ball the bat and throwing around the house, stuff like that. And obviously, you know, having brothers makes it a lot easier because you have, you know, teammates forever for that in the house. So, um you know there's it's a never-ending you know practice we'd be waking up in the morning throwing the ball off the wall in the house or you know throwing each other after school going outside and playing you know tennis ball baseball or wall ball you know all that kind of stuff so um you know it's huge you know and I think my dad was always there for us and you know allowed us to you know practice anytime we want anytime we wanted to go practice he was always you know there and it helped a lot you know obviously that it was kind of like a family thing all four of us well my brother, you know, he liked baseball beginning, and then he kind of he veered off once he saw now, how crazy. Which brother
2: it, is this that kind of veered off a little uh,
1: bit? This is Jordan. This is the brother that's closest to me. So he's uh like the second one, I guess. Um, yeah, he wasn't as crazy about baseball as the rest of us are, but he would still be there in support sometimes. So, um, but anytime you know being in the street or like playing with the neighbors and stuff like that, he was all about that. But when it came to actually had to go practice or play, he was not about that. <laughs> not his. So, chance. uh, but he, he's actually one of the. He's actually we always saw like he was always stronger than us growing up because he did gymnastics. So. You know we were always very jealous of him because he was stronger hit the ball farther than far farther than any of us but um I, I think we are uh, outgrew him now so we're good on that.
2: <laughs> nice. All right. So let me ask you that. If you had to like go up, who would be the biggest challenge in baseball of your brothers right now?
1: Like who'd be the, the biggest one? challenge?
2: Yeah. Hardest one I would say
1: based off skills probably my youngest brother not based off skill just based on the fact that he's like a super trash talker, like <laughs> loves to be based about it. And if anyone that knows my youngest brother Roman will, you know they they'd understand. <laughs> um, so I'd say not based off skill because he's the youngest one. We're very far in age, but just based off you know trash talking. If uh, anything remotely happens in his favor, he'll let me know about it forever. So <laughs> yeah. I'd, probably, I'd probably say him.
2: Oh, is there? I love that. So, right. so it does. I've got to say it runs in the family a little bit. This was something I wanted to bring up. You were you were one of the first Texas players, if not the first, to start that boombox on your shoulder movement, right? And yeah. you talk about the trash talking. You know, your younger brother is good at that. You were pretty good about getting into other teams' heads, right? Into pitchers' heads. Walk us through that. The boombox, that persona was part of that. You <laughs> yeah, got thrown sure. out of time or two. You got thrown out of time or two. Tell us about that. Like, let's. Where'd that come from? Where'd that that swag come from?
1: So funny story. I was actually at the Galleria, which is a mall here in Houston, and um, I was walking through the mall, and I just heard a super loud, you know, music. I'm like, so I walked down, you know, trying to find you know where it's from because it's like for me, it felt like it was like from a mile away. So. You know, I finally found a store, whatever, it was, like, a little store. It had some it had speakers, and then, you know, I walked in the store, and I fall, saw they had a Texas one, and it had perfect, like, the Longhorns on the speaker. It said Texas Longhorns. So I'm like, I got to get this, right? Like, this, and it's like, this is probably, like, Christmas break or, like, around that time. So, we probably have, like, a month and a half until the season starts. So, I'm like, this is perfect, you know, like, to have – at the time, I was saying, like, I'll oh, just in the locker room to have, you know, after games, before games, whatever – you know, so I got it, whatever, and you know, everyone, you know, I brought it to school, you know, the next week or so, whatever, and everyone loved it. And then um it kinda just turned into like, okay, bring on the bus. And then obviously I had to bring it off the bus. So <laughs> like, okay, we walk in it on the with the t- in the team and you know, going on the field and then it kinda turned into a monster. And then I think I think it really blew up. I didn't think it blew up until we went to Minute Maid, and I walked in with it for practice one time. We had it like playing, like they weren't playing any music and I had it in the dugout. I wasn't even thinking about playing the field. And I um, say, like, Coach Miller or Low, were like, hey, bring our speaker. So I brought it and then kind of just left it right there by the batting cage. And then they created a monster. And then from there on out, it was on the field forever with us. So I think it kind of, you know, created a little bit of a, a swag to us, you know, walking with our own music and, you know, had the team walking all together and, um, you know, whatever music we, you know, kind of felt for that day, that's what we played. And, um, then you know, it kind of went viral on its own. Obviously, you know, people all over Instagram, you know, thought it was super cool. And then um you know we kind of carried it and then i think it kind of became a big thing and then you know we really kind of try to own that you know persona i guess you could say and try you know we carried it everywhere and you know we walk you know we'd be at other teams fields and we'd come in from centerfield off the bus and we'd be playing our music louder than they were playing their music and <laughs>
0: right.
1: i'm sure it probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way but that's just kind of the edge we brought and we didn't really care what people thought and that's just how we played
2: I love
3: it. I love it. I, I have that same speaker and I don't think people realize how freaking heavy it really oh, yeah. is. No, like for you sure. have to lift it. I mean, you guys probably, y'all flying it around easier, but you really have to lift it with like engage your core. Like that is, oh, yeah, for a heavy sure. speaker. I don't know how much it weighs, but it's awkward and bulky and it's really heavy. It sounds great. And the battery lost a long time and it looks so sharp, especially in those photos and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's heavy. No,
1: no, it's heavy. Remember at times that I have to have someone else get my, can you give me a break? My right arm's killing me. I, there's videos you see. I'm kind of like dragging along. They're so like, this is way too heavy to be dragging for, you know, a mile walking in the field.
3: <laughs> it is, it is heavy. All right. So it, get your questions in. We'll, we'll start accumulating a few questions and we'll get to those before you go. But if you have a question, put it in and Trey will answer the qu- comments question soon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Awesome. So um, again, so we're going to talk. I do. We have to bring up something from the alumni game here We wanted to share something with you because we hear there's a little bit of a story about this and that maybe somebody on the team or a former player on the team might owe you some money, my friend let's uh really we'll, let's uh, see what yeah, we got a, we've got a, sorry we're trying to pull this up right now we wanted this to be mm, cool oh cool. well, it's not gonna let you do it. all right well that's all right we'll share it a little later I've got a picture of a certain Chrysler vehicle that is gray oh parked along <laughs> parked so along uh, yeah so tell us that story there it is a smashed window again y'all we'll post this up. let me see. Sorry. hold
1: on let me see I can probably pull up on my phone and maybe I can show it oh this is so <laughs> bad let me see yeah. if I have my um, I have um, it on my phone for sure. I just got to find it if I can find it quick enough.
2: Yeah, here. Oh, I don't know
1: if we're we going to be able to see this, but, like, that's – there it <laughs> Oh, is. there that's, you go. That's after the alumni game, Um, you know, getting changed, whatever, you know. The
3: photo, if you're listening, the photo is Trey's car with a big old busted windshield. Yeah, that's
1: that's my car. That's my front windshield. <laughs> Obviously, you can tell I did a bad job of parking that day. So, I come out, you know, I'm getting changed to the locker room, whatever, about to, you know, go to dinner. Com- completely content with my day. And I get a face call- FaceTime call from Zach Zubia. I'm like, all right, I'll answer it. And he's like, hey, what happened to your car? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, nothing happened to my car. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. And then Faye turns around. To- I'm like, there's no way that's my car. He's like, I swear. And shows me back stuff. I'm like oh my i'm like you're joking right like that's like a, you know how they used to have those little stickers whatever they have like the baseball i'm like you're you're kidding right that's it's not perfect
2: my, like that
1: yeah it's, it looks exactly like that so i'm like no nah, they're just playing a prank on me he's like no i swear i'm like no way so i walk out there sure enough glass everywhere i'm like come on so i think it was probably co- if i had a guess because i was parked like behind the score but like i really was parked far like i was still parked in the outfit but it was parked far so whoever hit it they deserve to hit it that day, I guess. Cause <laughs> I,
2: I will give you some intel on that. I believe now. Somebody back me up and double check me, but I am like ninety three percent sure that that was Dougie Hodo. <laughs> that well, Dougie owes me
1: some money. Oh, That's right. unreal.
2: Yeah. So maybe you need to give him a call and be like, "Hey, man, uh, you got some? Uh, got to
3: take no, care." Oh yeah, this. <laughs> for
1: sure. Owes me a lot of money.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, mm-hmm. I, w- I was wondering who has to pay. For- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I I wish we could share the photo. I know we'll 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 put it up. You showed it, which was great. Yeah. So, um,
2: you know, you were a big face, a big name at Texas, and it was a big deal. Your recruitment was, you know, a lot of people followed that, um, and it was a big deal to get you at the University of Texas. Walk us through that recruiting process. What was it like? What you know, were there some other schools you considered? Um, What was it like having the University of Texas knock on your door and
1: hand you down? Yeah, so there was um, some other schools, definitely, but, you know, growing up, I was a diehard. No, so no one, like, my mom went to U of H, my dad went to um, college in Venezuela, so, like, you know, no one's, like, a Texas, you know, family member, you know, none of, no one's like that, so I have no real reason to love Texas, but, like, growing up, you know, I'd watch them, like, the Minute Maid or, like, they play Rice or U of H, and I kind of, and obviously, they were really, really good, I the time they went to national championships and the championship a lot, so um you know obviously you kind of like the best team that there is so I like you know the Texas Longhorns and um you know sometimes you know tournaments we go like to Austin and watch the Longhorns stuff like that so I kind of just you know became a fan like that and then um I remember growing up I have like you know cakes like birthday cakes of Longhorns and stuff like that and I don't know I really don't know why but I just kind of fell in love with it and like I've always wanted, ever since then I've always wanted to go there and that's like where I set my goals. Okay. I want to be, you know, playing at the university of Texas. So, um, you know, once I got to the age and you know, started being recruited, um, Texas actually wasn't recruiting me yet. It was more U of H. Um, so my mom obviously went to U of H. Um, I just didn't want to be in Houston as it was too close to my mom. Um, so I didn't want to, they didn't want to be there. She um,
3: still that. drove to every game. So
1: yeah, she still drove to every game. She still drove to every game. So, um, yeah. You know, but nah it was fine. So then there, AM. I wanted to stay close to home. My parents were, you know, a big deal to me. My my family um be able to see me was a big deal. Um so I was getting recruited from, you know, places like Arkansas, LSU, Miami. But uh it was important to me to be, you know, stay home and have my parents and my brothers be able to watch me play. So, um, you know, once Texas came, you know, knocking the door, it was an immediate yes from me. It was, you know, no question about it, no doubt so um, you know, once that happened, um, you know, I was all in.
2: Was it Coach – who who reached out to you initially for
1: – So, for at your the time? time, it wasn't even Coach Pierce was the coach yet. So, I committed my freshman year in uh, high school. So, like, that was when, you know, Coach Augie was still the coach, uh, Tommy Nicholson. So, that's who I got, you know, so I talked Tommy Nicholson. Um, so, Drew Bishop um, was still there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those guys were, like, the main guys that I was talking to. And then, um, I, like I said, my freshman year I committed. And then um, I think my sophomore year, going to my junior year is when – you know, Coach Augie stepped down, and then I think that's when Coach Pierce and started coaching. And then, you know, I was a little worried time because I'd never, you know, talked to Coach Pierce. I knew he was at Tulane before. I'd never talked to him.
2: Sure.
1: So I was a little nervous before then, just kind of, you know, new coaching and unfamiliar with, you know, the people you're with. But, you know, I had some conversations with him, and then, you know, I still, you know, he's still honored everything. And, you know, I like what, you know, what they're about and all that stuff. So it worked out. It worked out fine, obviously, being in college. You know, I loved him even more.
3: All right. I have a question for you, because you mentioned like growing up, Texas was winning national championships. You know, they have the, the years up on the stadium and on you know on the parking lot. They have all these signs. What is it like to come in and have that like you, you're expected to keep building that dynasty? Is that is it pressure? What do you hear from the fans? What did you bring on yourself? Like, what is it like to have to live up to that standard of baseball at Texas?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, there's. I feel like there's some, you know, pressure, you know, outside pressure from fans. You know, they, you know, for most people, you know, all their lives they've known the Texas Longhorns to be, you know, one of the best baseball teams, best baseball programs out there. So, you know, to be in that situation and have that ability to, you know, be in those situations and have that kind of, you know, pressure, I'd say, on you. It's hard, but, you know, at the same time, you welcome it because it's something that not everyone gets to have. So, being able to have that, be able to play, you know, as a Texas Longhorn and be up there and, kind of continuing that dynasty like you said um it meant a lot to me and and the other guys i was playing with for sure
2: that's amazing so you had mentioned your connection with tulo you have a special relationship with him um tell us a little bit about that you know we we know that he's come back we've got a question here too what was it like learning from chris clark thanks man he's joining us from kansas actually so um what was it like learning a shortstop from tulo
1: yeah it was you know a once in a lifetime thing you know that's not something that every you know college kid gets to you know experience and have someone that you know just came out out of you know being the big leagues and and wants to coach and is fully bought into I feel like that's you know the one of the biggest things that tell me was that Tula was you know was fully bought into anything he does you know he wasn't there to kind of you know some of the time and you know in and out he was there every single day grinding with us you know in and you know everything we're going through he was there with us too so I feel like that's something special because you know it's something that he doesn't have to be doing. Obviously, you know he's had a played a long time, made a lot of money and stuff like that, and you know has his own family. But the guy truly does love baseball, and that's something you appreciate as a player to have a coach there that's you know bought and invested just as much you are, and wants you know wants you to get better as well. So you know being with Tulo was you know, that's you know a mentor for sure. I can't even there's not words that can explain what Tula means to me. You know he's been through all kinds of stuff with me, and you know late night conversations and early morning talking about, you know, watching, you know, the world series and text him, Hey, what do you got on this player? What do you think about that? What about this pitch? You know, stuff like that. Um, and he's always, he's always answered. There hasn't been a time where he's, you know, blowing me off or anything like that. And, um, and not just me, this is what everybody on the team too. Um, and, you know, so to have a guy like that in your corner and have someone that you can, you know, look up to at the same time, cause we all wanted to, you know, if anybody want to be something, we all want to be too Like You know, that guy was an unbelievable player. And um there's a lot of good things in the game and, you know, someone you respect and other players respect him as well. So, to be able to have him, a guy like that, um, of his stature and, you know, on our team and our, our as a coach, um, it means a lot. And I, we all took that, you know, very seriously.
2: That's amazing. Is there one piece of advice that just stuck out or one lesson from Tulo that stuck out in your mind and is really kept with you? I know it's, it's a,
3: <sighs> it's just, a huge fight. So many. All, I'd say they're all like
1: one A, B, C, D. They're all, you know, equally as important. Um, but I think for sure, one of the things that, you know, he harped on, you know, all of us is like the, you know, the focus on the details and, your intent on, you know, the little things. He was always big on little things, never being, you know, caught off guard and knowing what's going on, you know, going on in the baseball field at all times. It's like those are things that, you know, he would, you know, harp on us all the time, you know, it's the little things that make the difference in, in games or, you know, winning and losing stuff like that Tight ball games, you know, those little things will come up. And um, if you're always on top of them, your chances are a lot better of winning. That's awesome. That's awesome. So do you have, um, we'll, we'll talk about a
2: little bit your time at Texas Um, and then, you know, kind of moving forward, you know, getting drafted and everything. Do you have a favorite memory or favorite game that stands out when you were playing at Texas?
1: I'd say for sure, like just off the top of my head, you know, being in Omaha twice was, you know, easily a favorite memory. Um, you know, growing up, I had been to, you know, when they played at Rosenblatt, I'd been to the new stadium as a, you know, as a little kid. So, you know, I thought those guys were like, you know, rock stars when I was, you know, growing up. So to, you know, be able to be in that, you know, situation, that spotlight was, you know, a dream come true. That's something me and my dad always talked about growing up. Like, you know, it'd be really cool to play in the College World Series and be able to experience that. Um, so that for sure probably is, you know, top top three moments of my life, those, you know, those two trips together. Um, if I had to pick a game, man, um, I'd say, like, I have two probably. I'd say my first time, you know, the Super Regional getting to Omaha, you know, because you just never had that feeling before, you know, you know, okay, we're going to Omaha the second time, you know, it's still cool and all that, but it's a little bit, <laughs> but you've been
2: you, there, it's old hat. You've been there, you, know? Yeah, <laughs> but, you know,
1: nothing beats that, that first time, you know, like with that feeling you have, like, okay, can we do this? And then you actually get to do it, um, you know, and doing it at, in Austin, which is also an unbelievable experience and, you know, have the fans there with you supporting you and, you know, them get to, you know, share that memory with you was super cool. And if I had to pick a certain game, um, I'd want to say that, uh, what was that, 2022, that game two of uh, the Super Regionals when we were down, I don't even know what it was, 7-2 to two or 8-1. Wow. to one, eight, Yeah, it felt like it felt like a lot. Um, you know, we had, I don't know, it was like the bottom of the seventh or whatever it was, and we were down. You know, I felt like a lot of people probably thought, you know, good season, you know, all you could do. But, you know, we, we're not getting back this year, and, you know, as Texas fans know, we, you know, came back and won a lot, you know, last inning of walk off. And, you know, was it great. was, you know, something that to be a part of was, you know, unbelievable because you could just see, you know, the other team kind of just crumbling little by little, and you could definitely see the pressure starting to start against to to them a little bit and, you know, and blowing that lead. So I say that game just was a, not because of what we did but it was what we did and like at the time you know it was a game 2 that if we you know if we lose our season's over with you know so i feel like that with our backs against the wall basically like you have no you, if it's now or never and you know for us to come through in that in that spot and then obviously you know the next game go out and you know kill it um and then you obviously you know they, then you're going back to omaha again um that that was a special moment for sure
2: that's awesome
3: that's awesome so i you guys get some really badass swag like the <laughs> the kits the 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 gloves like what what did you will just never trade never give away like what's like just some really special swag like Texas baseball swag cuz y'all cuz i saw like we just ran into the baseball players last week at the hockey and they got these beautiful pullover sweaters well the guys who had a 3.0 and higher had that really cool it's not pink but it was like this really Cool tan. color. It like yeah, it's like a t- creamy tan. tanish, yeah. pink color. It's like a I don't know, like a light salmon. I don't yeah. know. It was badass. <laughs> and you, only, you can only get it with the Texas T and you can mm-hmm. only get it in a 3.0. Like I, I would never trade that sweater for the rest of my life. Right. Oh, what yeah, really sure. cool piece did you get? Like that you'll just never give away.
1: All right, well, I got some stuff. But first of all, they've been getting way cooler stuff. This <laughs> well. That's one thing I would say. Their stuff now is like, hold on, why can't, why did, where were we? We didn't get any of this <laughs> like, what? we had, honestly, you know, our stuff was really good, but their stuff, like, I don't know if it's Nike, I don't know what it is, but it's taking a whole different level, and their stuff is unbelievably cool now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm jealous of them because I'm like, I wish I had some of this stuff. I'm, you know, when I went back to Austin, I'm like, hey, can I get that shirt off of you? You got another one of those? Like, <laughs> they've the stuff that I've never seen before. I'm like, where do you guys get this stuff? But, yeah. um, no, I mean there's stuff and everything I've gotten from Texas for the most part. Um, you know, my mom is always big on you gotta keep it. You know, you don't give it to anybody, don't sell it. Nah, nah, nah. So I don't have to say there's anything that I've gotten that I've given away. Um, if anything, you know, I get to like my brothers. Or, you know, they wear my stuff. My brother actually gets a lot of. Uh, a lot of, you know, trash talk because he goes to Texas State. So he gets a lot of trash because he wears my Texas backpack to Texas State. So <laughs> he actually texted me the other day and said the professor got on about it and, like, kind of embarrassed him in the class for having a Texas backpack. But he's that's like, weird. oh, well, he's the response he told me, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. But something like, oh, well, that's a better school in Texas anyway. So, <laughs> which is, in my opinion, a good response because I'm a long one. So a lot, so was, I'll take it and
2: I go to yeah, Texas
1: State.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> If that professor's going to try to call him to the mat. I appreciate that response. <laughs> yeah. like, you better be ready for a comeback,
1: buddy. Because exactly you know, if so,
2: uh, Texas called that professor to come teach at Texas,
3: he'd be gone.
1: Oh, he'd be gone. Exactly. He'd be gone. Long gone. But, All right. Um, let's,
3: let's get this question right here because Christopher um, pl- posted another question before we move on. Have you gotten a chance to meet Ellie de La Cruz? If so, is he as fast in person as he looks on TV?
1: Oh, yeah. Ellie, the Ellie's. Like, he's probably the fastest person I've ever seen. What makes it different, like, there's people, you know, they're fast, but they're kind of, like, you know, normal height. Ellie's, like, six, seven, so, like, his speed just looks even more – like, he takes, like, three steps in that first base. I remember last year in spring training, we were doing, like, you know, rundowns or something like that, and, like, no matter how fast the people were running, he was catching them. Like, they could be five steps ahead, already be at a full speed. He was catching them no matter what. So, that's probably the fastest person I've ever seen in person, live. Like, that dude's unreal.
2: That's awesome. There you go. That's awesome. Good question. So as you moved from uh, Texas into, again, we, we mentioned you were drafted in the seventh round. Talk to us about that experience. What was it like hearing your name called uh, on draft day? You had had some experience in 2019. You were drafted by the Red Sox and chose <laughs> to turn that down, come to Texas, play, play at Texas. So what was it like getting called by the Reds, you, you know, at, after you finished your college career?
1: Yeah, you know, it was a dream come true, you know, finally, like you said, in high school, I, you know, had the chance about, you know, I really want to go to Texas, and that kind of where my mind was at, you know, coming out of high school, so I wasn't really too concerned with, you know, the draft at that point, but, you know, coming out of college is a little bit different, you know, that's something, you know, look forward to, especially as a college player to come out, you know, you know, turn pro and, you know, make your dreams a little bit bigger and, you know, start to, you know, take that professional step, so, you know, when that, you know, when it happened, I was, you know, very grateful, and, um is you know a big day for me for sure my family you know being around and stuff like that and just being able to you know be with them and all the long nights and stuff like that you know being with my dad or you know in college stuff like that of grinding and you know not knowing it's gonna you know work out the way you want to um it just be how that you know that simple moment um was big for me and my family you know my dad was next to me too so to be able to have that um experience with my dad was was big for sure um and you know now being you know in that life and, you know, trying to, you know, work your way up. Um, it's a grind for sure that everyone goes through. So um not just trying to get better and, you know, take it, take a season by season, day by day.
2: Love it. Yeah. That must've been really special to have your family right there, especially your dad that had mm-hmm. coached you and been with you and and, and helps. Again, we, we know Edith is going to su- support you no matter what, oh, and, sure. but after your dad <laughs> next to there that, that worked all those times on the field with you, right. that had to be a truly special moment. Awesome.
3: All right. So let's look ahead. You've got to spend a lot of time recently with this new team, the, the 2024 team. What are you most excited about? What are you looking forward to? What players should we really keep an eye on that you're seeing? Because you've been practicing with them, in the room with them. What are you seeing for this new upcoming team?
1: Well, you know, I'm a little bit biased. So I'm for sure going to say, you know, J Flow. Um, you know, I, I'm always watching all the shorts, so you know, all the infos, but especially the shorts, so just because that's the position I played. You know, I feel like that's a a demanding spot, especially playing on you know, such a high-level team and a high-level program like Texas. Um, so I for sure think j Falls is going to have a great year. I you know, think he had a great fall. And I'm um, just talking to him, I feel like he's in a really good spot. And, um, he's, you know, take some some big strides. And I've seen an alumni game, you know, making diving plays and stuff like that, and, you know, he's going to hit. So um, I think j Falls, you know, due for a big year this year. Nice.
2: That's awesome. All right. Um, Is there a thing? Again, we've talked on the program a little bit before about 2024 season. There's some questions with pitching, right? Some concerns. We lost a few key players. But tell us something to be excited about. You know, there's I walked away from first pitch being really stoked about this season. Is there something that you that can really just hype up Texas fans for this upcoming baseball season?
1: Oh yeah, I think you know there's always gonna be you know things to be said about the team, and we're you know we're never gonna be the team that people want us to be. So you know those expect expectations are always hard to meet, but you know you embrace them too because they kind of give you something to play for. You know try to you know obviously make the fans happy. and, You know try to you know show them that you can do whatever they say you can do, and you know prove them wrong stuff like that. So I feel like you know you need some of that too at the same time. But I think these guys are gonna be you know I think they to be fun. I think a lot of them are you know they've got some key guys coming back from last year. They've got um you know guys in, in some in some big spots that have been there before and um you know played in big games stuff like that and you know i think what happened last year you know, was very unfortunate and you know it things that you can't control you know it sucks to lose that way but it is what it is i think you know those guys got a kind of a, a chip on their shoulder this year and i think they're gonna you know are they're in it, they're in it for the right reasons and um they're gonna be a special squad for sure i love Good. that
3: i love that all right well we know you have um uh, you're training people you have uh <laughs> Lessons coming Lessons up. Lessons yeah. coming up. So we have a couple of fun <laughs> questions that will go quickly just Perfect. to so people get to know you a little bit better. Um, what's your favorite holiday? Halloween. <laughs> <I love laughs> that it. was easy.
1: Why? Easy. Halloween. Why? Uh, I'm a little, I am love to, like, you know, dress up. So I, anything I get my hands on to dress up and kind of be scary or, you know, people be incognito a little bit, I'll, <laughs> I'm all for it.
2: What was your best Halloween costume? <sighs> You,
3: yeah,
1: that, I would say I would say it's the best just because it's you know like OG Hall is uh, you know Michael Myers but I think it's good but I play it the way I play it makes it even better I'm just super quiet you know, I'm not, no one knows who I am. I'm super discreet about it. Like it's, it, it's the whole character you got to, you got to bring into it.
3: Your mom told the story. Didn't you like terrify some girl or something in the neighborhood <laughs> and she kid. went screaming or, or some kid or
1: something? May, maybe something like that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you must have really sold it. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. All right. So if you had to choose, you only get to choose one or two big city or country life.
1: Country life. All
2: right. I like it.
3: All right. Country life. All one. right. What do you like to do besides baseball?
1: Other have other hobbies or activities. Uh, I like to surf. A lot. I like being at the lake. Um, you know, especially in Austin, I love being at the lake in Austin. Um, you know, I used to always you know, obviously I had brothers, so you know, I used to play all kinds of sports growing up, basketball. You know, anything we could play. You know, growing up, um, stuff like that, backyard baseball. You know, I know it's still baseball, but you know, it's a different kind of baseball, and a little bit, you know, different. So I say stuff like that. I like to do fish stuff like that
2: like it. I like it. All right. This is a little bit of a weird one. Do you prefer showers or baths?
1: Showers. Oh, baths are ridiculous.
2: <laughs> Nobody's got time for that. No. I, <laughs> I love that. All right. So we'll give you one last one.
3: And this is the topic that we're going to move to in the four o'clock hour Super Bowl. Um, who are you picking? Taylor Swift or no, I'm just
1: Kansas City. Oh, We're off on that one.
3: Kansas City or San Francisco 49ers?
1: I'm a I'm a I'm a diehard 49ers fan, so I'm a bad person to ask, but I'm a I'm a 49ers fan. I think you know I respect Mahomes. I think he's an unreal player, but there's just no way he can keep winning. Like, come on, like he keeps winning. I don't know how. I don't know why. He he keeps winning. He's got to lose at some point. So you know, hopefully my 49ers can take him down.
2: All right. Well, good luck Love to you. good luck to your guys. They are two-point favorites. So
1: yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Trey, all right.
2: thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah. Um, and again, always a part of the Longhorn family. You're always welcome back and good of luck course. this season.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it guys.
2: You. Right. Um, good luck at
3: yep. you have spring camp soon, right? For yep. with yep. your program and good luck. all right, all right. Thank, you thank you guys. Longhorns,
2: and thanks right. for hanging with us. Welcome, I appreciate it. it. All right. Bye. All right. All right, y'all. That was awesome. That was Trey Faltini. We're happy to have him. Yep. Uh, we, yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> this, he will be this, That's from... really aggressive when you when you I... take somebody out of the studio to close their window. Is do you want to kick him? Like, yeah. no, I don't want to kick Trey Faltini. <laughs> Come like, on, that guest will be kicking. Like, that's, that's, that's aggressive. That's... that's aggressive. Well, I like it. That was a lot of fun. He is. Trey is always one of my and one of the best smiles on the team too, man. Oh. Like that's just million dollars smile, and just
3: like the photo. I know. I, I don't know it. if you can see my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> this is the OG Trey TV shirt, one of the original NIL well, deals. It's yes, because awesome. yeah. Edith, Edith, his mom was the master promoter, <laughs> okay. and she was like, "You got to get the shirt." I'm like, "Okay," so I grabbed it. It's so cute. It'll always be. It's it's just fun, even if you don't know who this is. Like it's just a rocking shirt. walking through the town, like <laughs> that. People will be like. Who it's a story it's It's great who is
2: that big face on your shirt (laughs) shirt. i love it i love it well that was a lot of fun again really excited for texas baseball to start up that starts next weekend not not this upcoming but one weekend uh from friday so this is gonna be a good one gonna be exciting um really excited to have him on Thank you,
3: CB. Happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day. I tried to make a post this morning with of my daughter, my girl in sports, and it just kept, I, I couldn't get his post. I don't know why, like the simplest post was just not, Working anyway, yes. Happy national sports, girls and women in
2: sports day! Yeah, Thank thanks, you, thanks, DB. So, um, we want to talk. We've got our happy hour coming up at four o'clock. We want to talk a little bit before we get there a little bit of basketball, both women and men's, and a little bit of tennis. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to start on this high note women's basketball just rocking it. They played number two Kansas State, um, this last Sunday and beat them pretty healthily 161 to 54. Um, did you catch any of that game were you able to no I didn't even know that score
3: I've been I've been out of it all weekend we've had so much yeah you've on. been all over the place yeah with... I didn't even know that score. crazy right yeah what, so 161 no no
2: 61 they uh, won w- oh O-N. I thought
3: you said I was like no I didn't hear that <laughs> no word. not by way. I much. would have remembered if there was a 161 they, were,
2: they completed the game they finished the game oh on yes
3: I knew 61 61 <laughs> oh no I knew that that game I, Are you talking about Kansas? You're talking about yeah, Kansas, State. Kansas hey, Sunday. Oh no, yeah. I watched that game. That's what I was asking. I th- Welcome I, back to the show. No, we, we appreciate having you here. I, no, I watched that game. You, no, you were saying um, they it was the game that was 161 to something, and I was they, like, they I did, I missed that. No, I watched the Kansas State game where they won the game. All right, 61. Oh no, I. So you're back it. with us. Got it. Yes. All right. So Kansas State was on a flurry at the end, trying to 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 get back, and they were up by what? 17. Mm-hmm. And it got down to 10 and then nine and then four. Oh, it yeah. was scary. It okay. definitely,
2: it definitely was a, yeah. you know, Texas got up big again. This was played at the Moody. Yeah. Uh, Texas got up big. Um, and, but this was another game that we saw that maybe our, our, the players that were expected to produce the most didn't quite like Booker had a little bit. Thank you. It sounded like you said one sixty one. Sorry. I will spell it out next time. They won the game. 61 yes, to I know now, yes, 54. I watched that game. English is fun, isn't it? And the it?
3: crowd was all in it. The yeah. crowd rep- came to represent and show up for the women. Absolutely. Yeah, I was driving back from Oklahoma and was following, and then I got to watch a second half. Yeah, yeah, I
2: love it. Well, and one of the things that ke- continues to stand out for me for, for this Texas women's basketball team is – it's just that next man up mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Schaefer has his guys, his guys, his, gal, his, his gals ready. His national women,
3: girls and yeah. women in
2: sports. Have, has them ready. And it's, you know, again, Booker, we knew that Harmon went out. Booker has stepped up, had in, incredible games, really. National attention. Been amazing. And, mm-hmm. and even when she wasn't quite hitting every time. Again, we see the rest of the team step up and not miss a beat. Texas is really impressive. This has been a really fun team to watch. Yes. Um, Even without what was anticipated to be our star player in Rory. Mm -hmm. It's been a really fun time to watch this squad.
3: And that was coming off – a tough road win Mm -hmm. at Baylor. I mean, they, they were, they dominated, they were amazing. And then to come home and keep that energy Mm -hmm. and the crowd showed up Mm -hmm. and it was number two in the country, Kansas state and Texas owned them for, I mean, 37, 37 of the 40 minutes, Texas controlled the game. It was, it was exciting to watch. I, I just, I really enjoyed, I'm getting, I'm really impressed um, with, the way they're, like you said, they're stepping up. They've lost they've even, um, Maths and Booker with the injury, you know, injury, mm-hmm. Was she even going to play right. and then to play at Baylor and then recover so quickly and then play again. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the coach afterwards saying that, you know, that they're limited it's and they're getting training yeah. and then really having to gut it out. That was the, the women are, they, like you said, they're bad. Yeah.
2: It's, it's been a lot of fun to watch. So now we're going to go kind of the other pendulum swing here. Mm-hmm. It's talking about <laughs> Texas basketball <laughs> Um, Kind of, you know, watching the women, it was a little bit of the opposite uh, game, the way the game played out uh, for the men recently. Again, Texas had what was, and I, I hate to be this blunt, but it is what it is, had the worst half of basketball that this team, that I can ever recall, if not the worst half in Texas basketball we've, history. We've
3: had some ugly basketball before. Yeah,
2: it, it was rough. It so was ugly. Texas only scored 19 points in that first half. Um, Just couldn't get anything to go. Uh, you know, three-pointers weren't going, shots weren't going. I think they they were shooting well below 30% in that first half. Um, don't win a lot of basketball games
0: at shooting home. below
2: 30%. What is going on at the Moody? What is going on at you the Moody? You know
3: what's crazy is Texas, and, you know, Chip Brown had mentioned this before, they went off the Texas men have won three games on the road in big 12 play and right. no other team has they're winning on the road and have only one win at home it, it is in conference like a, play right they went on the road and beat top 25 TCU mm-hmm. and then okay well, let's talk about that real quick <laughs> With a horns down shirt. Yeah, I had they, a fun moment from that, that. They paid all that money um, for horns down shirts. And yes, they had to pay for the licensing to use the, the longhorn, right? Yeah. They paid for all that. They used the <laughs> horns down shirts.
2: 500 students are there at three in the morning
3: to get in line <laughs> to, to get their, their free shirts. horns down shirts. Yeah.
2: And Texas whooped their. <laughs> yeah, one by, one by 11 in Fort Worth. Yeah. yeah, that was, again, that was a game that Texas was just firing and, and couldn't miss. And they were playing together as a team. Then we come back home. You're right. It is really just mind blowing to me. I don't get why they're not excited to play it. I mean, no, I'm not gonna say they're not excited to play. I don't get why they don't perform at home the way they do on the road. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is a big mystery. And we've, we've talked about this in the season. A lot of people are saying the same thing. The, The crazy thing about this team, it's not like they don't have the talent. It just, the consistency isn't there. It is just up and down on any given day. You don't know which Texas team you're going to see step out onto this court. Again, listen, we had Brock Cunningham show up and he actually played a pretty decent game this game. He's Mm -hmm. been struggling a little bit lately, Um, but it just felt like what do you feel is the problem? What do you feel is the problem with this Texas team with the lack of consistency? Is this a leadership issue? With coaching? Is I, it a leadership issue with the players? W- what do you think? I don't know. I feel like
3: Iowa State knew exactly how to defend Texas. Mm-hmm. They put them out of their own game quickly. They shut down Asmus. They shut down Hunter. They shut down. I mean, DeSue didn't get going to the last few minutes. And all props to the team that they didn't quit. They never right, quit. Right. Um, they fought back. They got within one possession at you know with a few few seconds left. Yeah, they they came back from 18 down. Yes, to, to make, to it, make it a, a three, three point, point game. game. They yeah. fought back. They did not quit. Um, DeSue got hot late, but they didn't even hit a three point. They didn't even hit a three pointer until just a few minutes left in the game. Iowa state and, and Iowa state was shooting really well, taking it to the paint. They were aggressive. They just, they were just, it was their night. It was Iowa state's night and they just put Texas out of their game so quickly. And
2: yeah, um, it's, it's struggle. I, I agree. I, something that strikes me when I watch this team, it feels like, I'm not saying the team doesn't like each other, but it just feels like they're lacking. They're disconnected. Yeah. They're not playing as one. You know, it, it feels like they're not on the same page necessarily when they are. Man, these guys can't be stopped. If When Texas is on their game, you know, it, you asked this to Zay earlier, can you imagine if all five guys on the court were playing their best ball at the same time? right that the can you imagine texas is fully capable of -hmm. of being a really really good team with this squad it just feels like this is a mental thing or maybe it's a you know texas might be in the position where they're just for whatever reason not clicking not communicating not playing from the same sandman
3: agrees there's no magic ingredient chemistry right um I don't know. It's I mean, we don't know what's happening in the locker room, but what we see out on the court, even in in, in the last few games, it's been crucial moments where especially like at home against Houston, you know, there's 40 seconds left and Texas has the ball, right? And they throw it, they throw it to just miscommunication. I don't know what was, was, was somebody supposed to be there? Was it a bad throw? Was it fatigue? I, we don't know. I mean, this was already, then the, the games is going to overtime it feels and they were like exhausted by the time it got to overtime. Um, yeah. It feels like disconnection. Mm-hmm. And
2: yeah, I don't, I don't know. And look as much as I, and I am not one of those people in the camp of like, Oh, fire Rodney Terry, no. but something does have to change. Adjustments need to be made sooner it needs to be something where to me this feels like is the game prep not there are they what what is that missing piece where the guys just don't seem to hit the court ready for the game right like that especially at home that to me feels very much on the coaching staff Mm -hmm. um now i will argue too again coach cherry is still working with guys like he hasn't gotten quite his guys in the program yet this is still kind of a piecemeal team we that that was bonded together by the crazy situation last year. Maybe we're seeing some of that fade off a little this year, right? They don't have quite that connection. They're not they're not connected because of the the crazy stressful situation with their coaching staff last year, right? So, maybe right. some of that intensity, maybe that adrenaline in a, a way to say it has has worn off a bit, but it feels like this team is lacking just in personnel. It feels like this team is lacking a guy that will take charge and put the team on his back and say, "Look, my team. Let's run this. Let's, you know, the player led team. I feel like that, that fire, that piece is missing a little bit.
3: I, I would agree. We don't have that one. I mean, we have players that shine each night, different right. nights, it's capable players. of being amazing. Weaver is coming on strong. Right. Um, Ace Smith there said he's about to break one of the records for uh, NCAA records for points in a mm-hmm. career the, the talent is there. Um, we'll just, they're just not playing. And so I, they, they have a good, opportunity this Saturday to win at home. They have 96% favorites to win at home against West Virginia, who is not not (laughs) good. West Virginia is Three and six in the Big 12. I mean, I say that, but then Texas is, what, four and six in yeah. the Big 12. listen, Texas
2: is down towards the bottom. West Virginia is worse, but and Texas lost at West Virginia. By
3: one possession by on one, the road. Right,
2: by one possession. So there is some opportunity. Texas has eight games left. Yeah. Four at home, four away. Now, if the same trend continues and Texas keeps winning on the road, which would be a huge... that's not likely to keep winning on the road. Agreed. And again, especially considering who they have coming up, Sustainable, right on the road, Houston coming up. I mean, there, there are Baylor coming up. There's some really tough games on the road. Texas has to find a way to win at the Moody, or we're going to find ourselves sitting on the outside of the, we ain't going down after their win at TCU. They,
3: some predictors predictions have them back in the in to the tournament losing. I don't know. I need to check again. What happened after losing at home? If Texas
2: finishes four and four, there in the tournament. Yes, yeah. if they if they do, but but that's the question. Can they win out at home? Now, listen, Texas has Oklahoma State at home, West Virginia at home. So these are very winnable games. And if Texas can't beat Oklahoma State or West Virginia in the Moody, Texas doesn't deserve to go dancing, in my opinion. No, so no, and I hope
3: they do because maybe that's when that's when teams need to come together the most is March Madness. So hopefully that is a time where it comes together for them.
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, it is four o'clock. Richard is happy right on time. Yes, right on love time. It. I love it. He's always, always keeping us. So what are we drinking today? Thank you.
1: This is, this is just a straight Cosmo. Oh, right. right.
3: Cosmopolitan. Yeah. So just this it's happy off. hour. So this Perfect. glass, Megan <laughs> gave me this glass yeah. when you were, when you saw, so- thank you, Richard, yeah. when you sold your house and, um, you have this beautiful glass. Yeah, it felt like a rocky glass. And it yeah, and it weighs like 50 pounds. <laughs> yeah, you Cheers. You Cheers, friend. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome back.
2: I appreciate that. All right. After talking yeah, about Texas basketball, we, we need a bit of he is always so good at making drinks. Yeah, he's good. Definitely. So um, all so, right. So let's let's talk Texas tennis a little bit. Um it's a tournament, we're coming up on the tournament time and on, on the championship. Texas men's tennis number four in the nation beat number 15 Stanford four to one, uh, which is pretty awesome. That is a pretty dominant uh, win right there. They play Florida next at home uh, on the 10th at 1 PM. So that'll be fun. That's a Saturday game. Um, Again, good time. It's free to go. Really fun to see the Mm -hmm. weather's supposed to be beautiful. So if people have an opportunity, um, check out Texas tennis. I mean, getting number four in the nation. They're killing it right and now. And they're always
3: giving away free stuff. Yeah. Pizza or shirts or something. You'll get get—you'll probably get something free from them. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> absolutely. So uh, you want to talk about Texas
3: women's for just a second? Um, so the number 10, they're, they're also ranked mm-hmm. in the top 10. The men mm-hmm. are number four. Women are number 10. They beat 25, Wisconsin 7-0. And then Georgia. They top Georgia number four at 4-3. That's, that's impressive. Incredible. Yeah. So next they will be playing the Aggies um and the ita national team indoor championship mm-hmm. where is that do you know where indoor.
2: that's gonna be? um i know that the a m one is at like that's just what it's starting but that's in austin oh so yeah oh the indoor championship mm-hmm. oh, yeah it's awesome so it'll in be a fancy
3: tennis center so no matter the weather you can go check that absolutely you always got to go okay then aggies are number nine in tennis and yeah. the women are number 10 yeah i would think if the women just beat 25 and four they might move up especially if they beat aggies next this coming weekend hmm They would probably move up to seven or eight, maybe. Yeah, those are some good wins.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's always listen. A and M's a rivalry. I don't care what anybody says. So, oh yeah, anytime you get a chance to watch a Texas team play A and M and beat them, you got to be there, right? That'll be Mm -hmm. that'll be a good time. So be sure to catch that again. Men's and women's tennis both rolling, doing good, and they're they're trending the right way, just at the right time of the season. So loving that. All right, uh, let's give a quick shout out to AV Consultations. We talk about them, we know them, we love them. They've been a big supporter of Texas Sports Unfiltered and Fire the Cannon. Y'all, again, Super Bowl is coming up. If you don't have your perfect setup, you need to call AV Consultations. They will, be come, right back. Yep, they will come out to your place. They will check everything out and find really what is the best fit for you to fulfill your needs and what you're looking for. They specialize in, obviously, audio, video, TV setups, you know, man cave, she shed, whatever you need. But they also work on computer networks. They also do security systems. Listen, anything that is tech related that you need taken care of at your home or work, AV Consultations will take care of you. So give them a call, 512 255 8678. That's 512 255 8678. Or check them out online at avconsultations.com. Again, they've been a friend of the program for a long time and we're we're happy to have them here. So, Get ready for Super Bowl. Check them out, avconsultations.com. So we have, oh, right back in time. Look at you. Your timing is impeccable. I was was
3: listening to you. No, I love it. I was listening to you.
2: So we are going to jump in now. uh, And listen, we're going to talk some Super Bowl. Yes. Super Bowl. Super Bowl
3: Bowl Sunday is this (laughs) Sunday. Everybody knows CBS 530. So CBS means um, uh, Tony Romo.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Tony I Romo. I love Tony Romo. I don't mind him, but he gets a little crazy sometimes. Like, he predicts the future on every play, but he also turns into a weird. Like he goes off on his sticks. It's like, dude, bro, bring it back. They all
3: do. They all talk about random stuff. Know. I I, I like Tony Romo. I right. I think he's the fact that. I don't know if it, I love or hate the fact that he predicts everything. Like, why couldn't you do it as a quarterback? Yes, like, as a you act, he literally reads, okay, the is going to do this, and then they're going to come, and then the, the route's going to be here. And that's exactly what happens. Yet when he's the actual quarterback, he fumbles the snap. and yeah, Not bitter at all. <laughs> no, not, I, not I actually, I mean, Tony Romo won a lot of games. Just couldn't, just like every other Dallas Cowboys quarterback in the last 25, 30 years. I it. couldn't get over that last hump, but that's
2: okay. Uh, that is true. So San Francisco is favored in this game by two. So essentially like this is a wash, right? Like yeah, another one where it is just going to be, to hard to tell. Vegas doesn't really know what to who to pick, how this is going to play out. Yeah, it
3: started one and a half, went up to two and a half, and then settled at two. That's what it is right now. The over-under is only 47.5. And so far I'm seeing a few different people pick the under because we have two of the best defenses. Sure. Fourth best defense, San Francisco. Um, seventh best defense, Kansas City. And that's for the adjust- adjusting with their strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. So these are going to be two top defenses it is an indoor, fancy indoor stadium, which does help the offense a bit. Mm-hmm. But that is, um, I, I I just lean defenses in these kind of championship games. Yeah. So yeah, all right. So let's start there. We have some fun prop picks, but those are that's pretty basic over under. We're not going to make our prediction of the winner
2: just yet. So later, yeah.
3: But what do you think? Over under forty seven point five. Man,
2: I don't know. That's the my gut says yes you're right looking at the def- so that's saying it's gonna be like a 24 21 kind of game and looking at the defensive stats and, and looking at these two defenses it is hard to say that it'll be more than that but then i stop and think yeah but you've got patrick mahomes on one side yeah you've got you know purdy who's had a pretty dang good season yeah doing pretty well um and one of the best receivers out there i just it is hard for me to 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 pick this one i think i'm gonna take the over. Again, this is why I lose on bets all the time. Let's but make notes. He'll be I'm, writing this you down. You want me to write this down? Yeah. Listen, you're going to prove no, me here, wrong. Now here, I'll, I'll... You always prove me wrong. But, but. Well, anybody can. I'm going to stick. I've stuck with him since, since we started picking this and we were talking about this postseason. I'm going to stick with Patrick Mahomes. I can't bet against him. I just think this is going to be a thing where, I don't know. Again, the Niners are going to have a great game plan. They're going to have the defense that is just going to be a nightmare to deal with. But it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I just, at this point, I still can't bet against them. Oh, I know. I I think it's going to be – I'm going to take you over. The way
3: the Kansas City defense went into Buffalo and then went into Baltimore and controlled the game in both games. Mm -hmm. And the way Brock Purdy, he did make some plays, but overall was not impressive. And, and you know, just what he did was no Patrick Mahomes in the last few years (laughs) when they really need the offense to win for them. I just – Brock Purdy is no Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. And and I just the way they had they had an easier route to this game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to say the defense of Kansas City holds this game under. So I'm going to go under um the 47.5. All
2: right. Cool. Um, yeah. And again, you're probably 100% and right. San Francisco just... also
3: has the fourth best defense. So <laughs> I know.
2: it's going to be I a know. challenge for both teams to move the ball. I just feel like it's Patrick Mahomes and it's in the Super Bowl and the guy just gets shit done. He just does. I And Andy Reid, I, I don't know. So man. you're going over. I'm taking over. Okay. Against the, myself fourth,
3: for it. against the fourth best defense. Against the fourth best defense. All right. Defense. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. So let's talk about, we'll move on. Let's talk about just Super Bowl.
2: Yeah. What, what are our plans? What are we doing? Well, I'm coming here, Doug. I know. Right? <laughs> like, I feel like we haven't talked about this. I just assumed you knew I would be at your house yeah. pretty much all day. Yeah.
3: No, we'll be there. <laughs> we don't you. have any. So, okay. So uh, sometimes I like big Super Bowl parties. Um, but usually I don't. I like because when you get there, like I like you can't it. watch the game. You can't hear the commercials. Right. You can't pause it and run to the
2: restroom. I like big Super Bowl parties with the right people. Like if it's people that care about football yeah. and actually like want to watch the game and not just the commercials. Yeah, then I then I'm in for it. Yeah, so I'm cool with that. But yeah, when it gets to the point where like people are only there for the commercials, or only there for the halftime show, or whatever, well, don't, then I'm like, I, don't, I actually want to watch the game. I don't mind that so much because that kills me. That, those are game. all
3: the things that make the Super Bowl for everybody, right? I dig you know, it. The halftime show, which we'll talk about that Usher, you know the you know the the commercials are fun for everybody. I, I think those are what make Super Bowl fun for the whole family. I'm not knocking, but that. be quiet while I'm watching the right, game. Right. I the reason I don't like Super Bowl parties is because then you get the like rando dude who shows up in the Patriots jersey just
2: him so you're gonna be mad that I'm wearing lion stuff
3: no I'm talking about a <laughs> Patriots jersey it's <laughs> specifically there's, the Patriots there's, there's, a there's pa- always the one there's guy. a Patriots
2: jersey there's, guy there's always the one guy and
3: you know exactly what I'm talking about I do that person shows up or you know I have no I like the two fans of the teams that's always fun sure. or just football fans in general i'll show up with the Titans, or i don't care but there's always that one patriots jersey guy i don't i don't need that yeah, i don't out. need that at my, at my football party so kick him out
2: just don't let him show yeah. up you like change or get out like that's yeah. not... so
3: that so for the last few years we've just been watching the super bowl by ourselves yeah. in our house and if richard's mother comes over or whatever it's just us we're just watching the game
2: no big deal. Well, it'll be me. I'm probably going to bring the dogs just because yes. that's a, that's what we do. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to it. You And you've got a sweet setup. I do. You've got a sweet setup. I have a good setup to watch the Super Bowl. I'm not mad about yeah. it. And
3: you can call A B Consultations if you want a similar setup. Exactly. Um, yeah, I have a good setup. So we, we, we're we just, you know, Richard will probably grow something nice. And we'll just, we'll just eat at home and hang out at home.
2: I feel like we need to have, like, the Super Bowl on the big screen, obviously, mm-hmm. but then with your two little screens, maybe do like Taylor Swift Eras Tour, the Bud Light Bowl, and then have the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> yeah, on the, the Eras Tour
3: <laughs> and the Puppy Bowl, the Bud Light. Remember the Bud Light Bowl with the, the bottle fight? Yeah,
2: that was
3: oh man. I like I like it having it at my own house because oh that was a cool commercial. Rewind and see it right. again, or what was that it. play? Or pause it while we all go retop our <laughs> drinks. Like I just like, and especially wouldn't want to go to a crowded, crowded. I mean. Maybe people love to go to Cross Sports bar, Super Bowl and they can be at the party, but not, not me. I want to I'm getting I'm getting old. I want to sit at home. But Twenty years ago, I'm like, let's, Shaking let's go. Shaking your cane yeah. at people. 20 years ago. Let's Don't go want to you young bar. whippersnappers
2: making too much noise at my Super Bowl party. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> I like get it. off my lawn. Get Off my lawn and out of my couch. <laughs> <laughs> out of my couch. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, listen. No, I'm excited. It'll be fine. It'll always be a good time. I feel like this game. I used to love the, I'm, I'm in marketing. Some I, so so. I love the commercials and there's always the gems, right? Mm. There's always a few that come out. They're like, Oh man, those are amazing. And everybody's talking about, but I have to say, I feel like the commercials have kind of fallen off from the expectation that we had. And like the standard that was set when, especially with Budweiser, let's be honest uh, yeah. with their Budweiser they frogs. Told the
3: whole story with the Clydesdales, right, the Clydesdales and the or frogs. Or Coca-Cola
2: with like the, the panda bears.
3: bears and yeah.
2: Close to Panda bears. Polar the bear. polar bears yeah. oh yeah that's what i meant the
3: polar bears but yeah
2: listen i just feel like i don't know if y'all remember this there was a chrysler it was a chrysler commercial when Dominic sue first got to In detroit Dominican yeah and i always polar
3: say, yeah
2: yeah <laughs> the polar bears. yeah when sue first got to to the nfl and it was about detroit it was about just Aww. like the heart of detroit as the motor city Aww. and it was just a really powerful like I think jeff daniels was was um the narrator for it and i just it still sticks out that that commercial must be 10 years old mm. and it still sticks out in my head as like again i have family and roots in detroit and it just felt my dad texted me about that like Aww. oh my god what a powerful you know commercial i just feel like we've dropped off from that like the past few years and i would say the past five years i just feel like i watch him i'm like eh this feels i think kitchy. there's this feels there's, there's always
3: a good cheese it something with the cheese there's always good m&m's commercial there's always a good some rando like big like later you learn oh that was bitcoin like something weird (laughs) yeah you know what's funny is the last year the year before there was a bunch of celebrities who did a bitcoin commercial Mm -hmm. i want to know so badly were they willing to be paid in bitcoin for their work
2: they were i think some of them were I really do think some of them were. i it was, was crazy. like because if they did not get paid in bitcoin i don't want to hear it <laughs> right. yeah listen so the average i just looked this up to make sure i'm not lying we all okay. know super bowl commercials are crazy expensive yeah this year in 2024 the year of our lord 2024 an, an average super bowl commercial costs seven million American dollars for 30 seconds for 30 seconds. And
3: a lot of those are long minute commercials. Right. So, so who knows what
2: that is. People are definitely spending seven million dollars. Isn't that crazy? They must make it a back. Million. It must be worth it. You would hope so, but you've got to think, you know, some of these, this is like the one shot, right? This is the, the one shot to get in front. I will tell again, I'm gonna nerd out on advertising stuff here. Mm-hmm. Apple back in the 80s had one commercial, it only aired one time ever. It was a Super Bowl ad that aired once. And it was called 1984. And it's basically this, like... I remember that. The, app, the Apple Computer. Yes. Right. And I remember that commercial. When Apple Computer, the Macintosh was coming mm-hmm. out. And it was this Orwellian... It was the marching... Yeah. People marching like future robot Yeah, people. this is, yes. you know, George Orwell's 1984. I still remember that
3: commercial. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And the crazy thing is, a lot of people know that commercial. They go, oh, yeah, I remember. It aired exactly one yep. time Ever. Ever. That, to me, is brilliant. If you can have that kind of impact, that helped, to me, launch Apple and and the Macintosh computer. It had such buzz around it. It did its job. It was worth whatever they paid. I don't know that we're at that point anymore. I don't know that we're in a world where that kind of impactful advertising Usually,
3: people talk about them for a couple days after. Um, So, CB says, you look forward to the movie
2: trailers. Yes, they
3: do do like a two or three minute like massive trailer for a couple of big movies, summer blockbusters that are coming. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's good. And those are always like super long. You get the like three minutes. Any
3: big movies that I know that are coming out soon? That Maybe this probably is have a trailer during.
2: The super Bowl. Maybe this is when we finally see the trailer to the EA Sports, right? <gasps> Everybody thought it was going to oh. happen in, in during the hey, playoffs. Hey, Victoria, <laughs> yeah. welcome. So I don't know. I just feel like overall the quality of commercials is has mm-hmm. gone down. They're not as like. Heart, you know, they're they're not as heart-wrenching or or maybe, funny or maybe or
3: maybe also, I'm just jaded and old. Yeah, heart-wrenching <laughs> commercials are sweet and nice and yeah. make everybody go, oh, but also like we're partying watching the biggest football game of the year. I don't want to think about my dead grandma right now. You no, know, like yeah, the Coca-Cola. It,
2: but it, but that was, I don't know. I thought that was a good one. That was powerful and it stood out throughout. Mm-hmm. All right. I would love anyway. to hear y'all that are listening. Do you have a favorite Super Bowl commercial? Like, like I, you know,
3: you're looking forward to whatever Cheez-Its does this year. Or well, whatever. there's that. But, Budweiser. like, historically,
2: what's your yeah. favorite oh, Super okay. Bo- So, of all time, what's your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Oh, I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. It, but, uh, I, I, listen, I have to say 1984 for me that I talked about. Or I still, like, as a kid, I was a child. And I still love these. I was a child wearing Budweiser merchandise Bud because of the frogs. Wise-er. Yes. And it was so unexpected. <laughs> the, the Bud you know you had no idea what was coming up yes what that? yes listen what's budweiser that? and bud light like it is so many incredible and it was nothing but these dudes on the phone went what's incredible yeah in the dilly dilly bud bud light and, and Anheuser bush in general has yeah. had some pretty incredible stuff even the dilly dilly and recently. they do
3: something for everyone because they'll do the Clydesdale romantic mm-hmm. love story of a horse and a child or whatever and then they're like it's a what's that? <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah, Listen, Victoria agrees with you. She likes the frogs. The frogs were, were incredible. All right, CB, so you're... M&M and M&M I think m and has done some clever little things where they ate... Well, one where the the M M&M and M got eaten. or The M and M
2: characters were debuted on this. The yes, Super Bowl. on the Super
3: Bowl. I, I remember the M and M. Fun fact, uh, Did you all know the Oh the E Trade babies? Hair of the dog, like ah, see eat. Okay, I remember. The, did you like the E Trade, the dancing E Trade baby? Um, it wasn't my favorite because it was a little creepy to me. Same, I thought it creeped me out. But people talked about yeah, it. Absolutely, and people it did its loved job. It, it, it did, did its, its job. job, and it probably made a lot of people go log into E yeah, Trade. Absolutely, because they kept it going, so it must have worked. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the dancing, but that. That was in the time where, that was like, people recent. started to share videos. Like, it was very timely for emailing. Mm-hmm. People started to share and email it videos. It was smart advertising, and it was the dancing baby was really popular on, like, on the internet. Right? Mm-hmm. Not so even so much social media yet. Just the internet. People mm-hmm. knew the dancing baby, and they took that dancing baby it and became a meme. For and everything. people looked at it because they knew. I know that dancing baby and they made it into e trade that yeah. was
2: pretty clever yeah it was it, it was it was a smart ad again i wasn't my favorite but i i dig what it did mm-hmm. so all right you have a com- like any other ones that like popped your mind let me give you a fun fact about the m M&M and characters okay so that campaign was actually because of a university of texas student so uh, a couple a few folks that graduated from ut from mm. advertising Created that campaign, that M and M campaign. Wow! Times, some some of the same folks that did the Chick Fil A, the moo the cows, Move. which yeah. they're Holstein cows. But remember, like nobody really knew Chick Fil A until the Chick Fil A cows right started coming out, and especially that a when they're thing.
3: riding on billboards with real cow.
2: They, they like, eat more ceramic chicken. cows. That was, they eat more chicken. Yeah. that was because of Eat more
3: chicken. and the- it's hilarious how they. Can spell eat more chicken. They just can't spell it correctly. That's the point. Because it's like the cows oh, b- are the ones I, running the campaign,
2: which I is know. brilliant. Yeah. I, so, but anyway, those were because. Of all right. Here's Texas another folks. good
3: commercial. Pepsi had pretty rad commercials. Well, we Cindy, know.
2: Yeah. Uh, Cindy Crawford. Michael
3: Jackson. Mm-hmm. His hair caught on fire. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was and oh, That was so sad.
3: I yeah, love Michael was. Jackson. But yeah, too. I
2: remember. I still remember the Cindy Crawford. You know, she chose the Pepsi. Over, oh, yeah. And she was drinking in the white tank top in the desert river. Mm. Yeah. I remember that. It's, listen, though, again, this is stuff we all talk about, but nobody's really brought one up. That's been the past five years. Richard says he's, he loves all the flow and le- flow
3: commercial, the flow. Yeah. Progressive. W- progressive. And he loves the limu, emu. Yeah. And- <laughs> the, Liberty mutual. <laughs> They'll do, do something pretty clever. I love the Liberty mutual model guy. The, Liberty, Bibbidi. Liberty,
2: Liberty, Oh, I love him so much. <laughs> yes. It's fun. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. They've kind of hammered down on that guy. Like, I thought, as a whole, Liberty Mutual, I was kind of like, Meh, whatever. But the more they started doing the Limu Emu and leaning into the ridiculousness, yeah. it got better and better. And then the Liberty Liberty guy came out. How long has that Flo been around? Back. She's
3: been around for like fifteen years, maybe now. I don't know 10, that long, but it's at least ten.
2: She's been around a, been a
3: long minute. time. Yeah. Flow probably gets paid so much money still. And <laughs> then um, the um, I'm what the dude that's always beat up. Oh yeah, uh, uh, for uh,
2: State, not State Farm, All State. All State. Yeah,
3: he's like the guy—the guy that's always beat up. Yeah. Whatever his name is, yep. he's still been around at least ten years, probably. Like yeah. time fly. Mayhem, mayhem. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He's yeah. Mayhem. Good job. Yeah. All right, back to the Super Bowl. Listen, <laughs> back
2: to the Super Bowl. I could talk about commercials a lot. All right, let's
3: let's talk. Okay, there are some fun prop bets for the game. Okay. Um. So let's let's go into the opening. So Reba McIntyre is going to sing the national anthem. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Over under two minutes. What do you say? Ooh. Like, are we
2: talking actual vocals from the time she goes? Oh, say okay. So actual vocals,
3: "Home of the Brave." From yes, just the vocals, her voice, over under two minutes. That seems to usually be the number people go over under.
0: Uh,
3: For Reba,
2: I'm going to say under. I agree. She's not one to like typically embellish a whole lot. Now, the whole production where they start the music, no, I'm saying just her vocals, just her vocals. Under. I'm going to take under. All right, so. I didn't realize post
3: I know post Malone has catchy tunes and he raps and does all kinds of things. I didn't know he was a
2: vocalist.
3: Like yeah. I don't know. His he's music actually that really
2: well. talented. Well, he
3: must be, he's singing America the beautiful. Okay. So we're going to be to have the channel on early. Cause I want to hear post Malone sing, sing. Yeah, me too. Okay. And, and not be auto
2: tuned. And yeah,
3: he's going to have to really sing. Um, Andrew day is singing up the lift every voice and sing. And this is a new thing that they're doing this year at the super bowl. DJ Tiesto, I don't know how Tiesto. Yeah, yeah. he's the in DJ. He's
2: the in-game DJ. Okay, listen, they are 100. I am the target market. This is so Vegas. this This is so Vegas. I love it. It's not just that, but like I have definitely. This is gonna be my old lady. This is my version of shaking the cane. Like we are now. My generation is now the target market. I'm an elder millennial, right? Yeah, and at at 41 tiesto was a guy it's that. your time oh can, well at least i'm the one that advertisers are talking to right yeah. like oh you're supposed to be established and have well, this money usher's the halftime so it's, it's that's what time. i'm saying listen i mean we've got reba mcintyre mm-hmm. who's been around for a long time we've Puss, got usher husband's a little young but he's still people are age no for longer than oh, we yeah, yeah, yeah dj tiesto again when i was when i was in college in in end of high school college like Paul Oakenfold, DJ Tiesto, like when I was a little party kid, a little I rave know. kid. I know I know, who, who I know the
3: name, but to me, it just makes me think at at a club. And that is so not me. I get it. It's not me. You're not a glow
2: stick kid. You weren't a candy kid. No. I was the kid that I need songs with lyrics that I know from the radio when I go to the club. Tiesto, you would like more, because he does use a lot of vocals and stuff in his in his mixes, Like real songs. Yeah. Like well, he used in some of it's original. But he actually uses vocal. What song like has what I, I would actually play? Know. Castles in the Sky is one that you would know. You you're not gonna know it if I tell you it, but if I play it for you All right. like, later, remind me to play it for me. All right, okay.
3: So I mean, I'm just saying uh, that's, that's awesome. I love it that he, and in the stadium, he's probably gonna play songs people know yeah. to get people hyped. They're supposed to play before the game and in commercial breaks and, and I'll, stuff. I'll tell
2: you, Tiesto puts on a show too. Like oh, it, oh yeah, like the guy that wears the Mickey Mouse computer face. <laughs> Dead mouth. Like, Yeah, thank you. Listen, I again. This is to me. This is DJs like DJs are make BT millions. They of can. Dollars. They can DJ well, Poly well, D. There you go. That's the one I that's, know. That's your boy. <laughs> no, listen. My little, you know, nineteen-year-old candy kid self is so happy about TSOB being that's there. Like, fun for you. I need to put on my big UFO pants and like you. This this means nothing to you. What are UFO pants? They're these big. Imagine like hammer pants, but in the nineties, right? So like they're big and baggy. Well, hammer pants were. Well, late 80s, yeah, early but like, 90s. Well, 2000s then. Oh, okay. But like they were, I would wear, they're just big baggy, like parachute pants basically. But you could tie them at the ankle so they were tighter there. So you could like, you wouldn't trip over them. They didn't, you know, and then they didn't sag in the crotch as much as the hammer pants did. Like they fit better up top, but they were just a bunch of material. And then I'd wear those and then you wear like a crop top. Like that's just what I will, man, I've got to find some of my ridiculous candy kids. That
3: ridiculous is the word. Oh, a thousand percent. I hope
2: you look adorable. I listen, the two thousands were ridiculous as a whole, but that's where I was thriving in college. So like I will, I'll I'll bring those, those silly pictures up and show you what UFO pants are.
3: Okay. So (laughs) Usher is the halftime performance. Yep. What
2: is going to be his first song? Oh God. I don't know. I'm the worst with this kind of stuff. Um, I feel like maybe it'll start a little slow. Like, I feel like he's gonna be like, it's seven o'clock on the dot. I'm (laughs) in my drop top cruising (laughs) the streets. I feel like he could start off with that and then get into his other stuff. I
3: I actually thought the exact same thing, but I thought with Confessions. That's fair. I thought he would something like with Confessions and then go into.
2: Yeah. Now, Usher's another one. Usher has
3: 4,000 good songs. He
2: does. And he's another one that's like spanned over the decades. So, Mm -hmm. like, connecting us, us elder millennials. And yeah. Ones. No
3: one has heard the name Paul Oakenfeld. Bro, he's still. That's, no. That's Megan.
2: In 20 years. But like, the thing is, yeah, he's quietly been making a ton of freaking money doing a lot of things and producing and stuff like that. That's how you do it. But he's coming back out. Yeah, man, listen. You should be
3: like a Kesha where you have your own stuff making money, but also you write and produce for everyone. Right. So most of your money comes from other people. Like Akon. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Akon writes and produces for, for everybody. Pharrell. Yeah, well, for all, yeah. I'm and, just saying like.
2: Yeah. Anyway, Timbalan. Anyway. Timbaland. Timber- yeah, Timber- <laughs> oh, RIP Magoo. Magoo. <laughs> so, all right, let bring this on. I I will educate you on my Megan's younger years, formative years, DJ experience, rave and party kid experience. Okay. Well, we'll have a we'll have a moment. Okay. At some point, you're going to hit it. <laughs> so
3: probably. All right. So, prop bets. Let's keep moving through. Mm-hmm. Now, let's
2: talk the actual game. Oh, look, I remember my first drink. I just spilled it myself.
3: Go ahead. On your fancy white shirt. My white tank
2: top? Yeah, I'll be okay.
3: right. Okay. So, how, okay, Usher halftime. It's mm-hmm. going to be amazing. Just like, I think, what's the, okay, quick, quick, quick. Best halftime ever. Best halftime ever? Top, top few that just stand out to you forever. That
2: stand out to me. It's got to be Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake with the nip slip. Oh, no. It, it was. It was. Katy Perry had a great halftime with the sharks, the dancing sharks, the love shark. Yeah. yeah. But listen, I've got to say, I mean, still Janet Jackson, Timberlake, that stands out to me. Uh-huh. I will forever remember that. Yeah. I. For me, Michael Jackson. Yeah. when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno
3: Mars. If you go back and watch he, it on YouTube, he had a rock. Killed it because he did. I didn't realize how much of a musician he was. Mm-hmm. Killed it. One of the top just because I'm a Latina and representation matters. J Lo and Shakira. Yes, that was huge. awesome. And then also just my childhood life growing up. That was two uh, years. J Lo was two years ago. Three or four now.
1: Was it's it? been a few Rihanna years was
3: last now. Year. Okay. Yeah, Rihanna was last year. And the year before was the what I was about to say. Eminem, Dre,
2: Fanny Smith, so Mary
3: J. Blige. That one so good. Um, and then uh the other rapper that Snoop. One? No, 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 no. Snoop was there. Snoop, yes, but I'm thinking of um the be humble said so Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. That crew. That was a crit that,
2: that everybody in the in the house was s- rapping everywhere. That was probably one of my favorite like, like setups. Because just the stage was so incredible. Like they made they put LA, the city right, of LA on like the Like Snoop rolled up on the city of LA. And then you had the different like all the container boxes. Yeah, that was like different apartments or different scenes. came hanging upside down. Upside down, doing like
3: Shakina and uh J Lo massive yeah super bowl that's a good one yeah that's a a good good one and you also remember I graduated high school in 1993 so that was uh Michael Jackson was my senior my senior year I remember that
2: and Bruno Mars he it. did. He was. Fun. Right. I yes. again. I thought Katy Perry's like Eye of the Tiger. She was out on that giant like mechanical tiger. Yeah, I just don't. Out.
3: I just vaguely recall her. Uh, I just. I remember, I remember that the being shark a, like, more than her. That's and her. then Lady Gaga had a good Gaga Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, that was the Houston one. The mm-hmm. Houston Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay. I Like it, this there's is, so many good super that. bowl halftime. And I love just, that we
2: sit here and talk about we want to watch the game, but all we've talked about, all we've talked are about, ads we and actually music. love the
3: football too. But that's the thing about super bowl, yeah. It is, it's, it's an event, it's so much more than it's an event than the game. And they've done such an amazing job over the years of making it so much more. The commercials yeah. and the halftime, and who's singing this and that, yeah. All right, let's fly through some prop bets because we have an amazing. Um, audio from Char- uh, Sarkisian's um, presser, presser yeah. at the East West Shrine Bowl. Yep. Okay, so who scores first? San Francisco. This is a lot of choices. Is, first, of, let's say is it going to be San Francisco or Kansas City? Uh, it depends on coin flip.
2: I hate these kind of bets. Well,
3: um, if somebody could have to punt or force the turnover um, or pick six. You never know. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Kansas City scores first. Okay, is it a touchdown, field goal, or safety, Touch- or pick six? Touchdown. Okay, so Megan's going um, KCTD. I swear, you do
2: this just to, like, make fun of me the next week.
3: No, nobody knows I'm what's good. No, and this I is love one it.
2: thing nobody can pick. We I don't know. even know
3: who gets the ball first. I know this. Is we ridiculous. don't know if someone's going to get the ball and be forced to punt. Or... Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm not complaining. Okay, I'm going to go um, because of the – I'm going to go, actually, San Francisco field goal because I think that – I, th- I think the defenses are going to be too much. I'm not giving people yeah. even with That's their fair. scripted plays, opening plays. I'm not giving people touchdowns right off the bat. I think That's they're going to have to work for them in this game. Yep. So I'm giving um, San Francisco field goal as the first play of the game. Okay. All I like right. it. Okay. Um, let's see. Will either team score in the last three and a half
2: minutes? Hmm. With a game that is expected to be one by two points. Um. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. I, I think yes. I agree. Yeah, I think this is a, a game that I don't think anybody pulls away. I don't think it goes crazy. Um, but no matter what, I still think it's the Super Bowl. And you, you want to put, whether you're playing from behind or whether you're playing to put an exclamation point on it, you go to the last whistle. You go, so yes, I think I think we get a score in the last Okay,
3: whistle. since you mentioned that, will the largest lead be over or under 14.5 points? Largest lead? Yeah. This is one everyone should put money on.
2: Under under no
3: one's pulling away by over two touchdowns in this game.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: Ooh. Okay. Oh, well, Oh, we'll get to that one in a second.
2: Yeah. We We just saw the same thing at the same time. So
3: If you are betting bet your entire monthly income, no, do not on this one. No one will be, have a 14.5 point lead. Yeah,
2: that's... No. Yeah, we no, both
3: we both agree no.
2: Does it become a three score? Yeah. All I, right.
3: We will get to CB. Does Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift? We actually
2: have some Swifty stuff. Going we actually up.
3: have it. We found it. <laughs> Forbes magazine has fun yeah. Taylor Swift um, prop bets, so we're flying through them. We'll get to that one in a minute.
2: Um, will there be an onside kick attempt? So this one is one I've got to say if my Lions were in it, I'd say a thousand percent a thousand percent there would be, but yes, I'm gonna say no. Um, onside
3: kick attempt only because this game is going to be so, so close. close, yeah, <laughs> that someone is going to need that's to fair. get in field goal range. No, that's desperately. A good, that's a good I'm actually gonna say yes, even though yes is a plus three three bet. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Okay. All right. Here's two good ones. Will there be a kickoff return for a TD? Will there be a punt return for a TD? No, I'm gonna say no. No to either one, no to either one i'm gonna say no to kickoff return but yes to punt all right so megan says no. i say no
2: i, I and think I, the say, coverage is
3: too I we both say no to kickoff return i say um yes to uh punt return because okay you never know where they're punting from okay like these, desperate times, you know, these desperate <laughs> times in these desperate times these desperate times call for desperate. i mean oh, yeah. somebody might be the superhero oh, i'm not mad about it okay um let's see will either team
2: score a safety no I'm going to say no, just because safeties are so rare to come by. Yeah, Yeah, I Again, if the Lions were in it, I might change this conversation. But (laughs) that's how not. How unconventional. Absolutely. Unconventional.
3: That's a better word. I was going to say psychotic, but unconventional, (laughs) the the Lions
2: go. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. Listen, with these two teams, no, no,
3: no. Okay. So um, who will be the first to reach 10 points, San Francisco
2: or Kansas City? Since I said that KC is gonna score a touchdown first, mm-hmm. oh man, let me go ahead and just like throw everything under the bus. I think San Francisco gets there first. <laughs> I think I think Kansas City scores a touchdown then or, or, sorry, sorry. KC scores a touchdown first and then San Francisco comes back with your field goal and a touchdown. So they get to 10 first and then it's a back and, and forth. And then from Kansas there. City pulls away. And then it's yeah, it's a back and forth from there. All
3: right. Um first to 10. I'm actually going Kansas City. Um, even though I think San Francisco gets the field goal first, I think Kansas City. I, I trust their defense more to pull, to pull ahead. All right, who scores the first touchdown of the game?
2: I mean, can I <laughs> can I call Mahomes? Yeah, I love it. Can I call Mahomes passing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm getting Mahomes with a touchdown, like um, throwing a touchdown.
3: Okay, um, so you're going. You're going. Mahomes. I'm not going to say who
2: it's to. No, no, that's fine. You but I'm, I'm Mahomes, calling Mahomes,
3: and I'm going uh, the. San Francisco (laughs) kicker. Who is their kicker? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's fair. All right. So let's just say, regardless of who's ahead or when it happens, San Francisco's first drive of the game, offensive drive of the game, are they going to punt, get a touchdown, field goal attempt, give up a safety, or have some kind of turnover? There's five choices. Their first drive? Their first drive. Are they going to have a punt? Field goal. Field goal? Okay. And I already said they're going to have a field goal too. Okay.
2: All right. Um, I'm very much playing out this, like, as we go through this, this script in my head of knowing exactly what's going to happen. That's right. the first half. That's
3: right. We've contradicted ourselves so many times already. It's no, okay. I've got
2: this. Listen, I'm still, Kansas City gets the ball first. They score a touchdown. San Francisco comes back, scores three. Then they hold Kansas City, and then they score a touchdown, so they get to 10. Listen, it's all – I've it's got it. happening.
3: It's all right here. All right. Um, KC's first drive. Touchdown. Punt, TD, field – okay, you're going – dang, you're going – Well, it matches up with what I said earlier. Yeah, I'm going to go field goal because I think defenses are going to be tough. All right, the last question in these prop bets, and then we can move on to Stark's interview. Um, fourth down attempts. <laughs> this isn't the last question in the prop bets, but go ahead. Well, for us, it's going to be, because we, so, oh, no, no, we have Taylor Swift. Exactly. exactly. Oh, no, we have a couple of those. <laughs> fourth down attempts. Will San Francisco attempt a fourth down, and do they get it? Will San Francisco attempt a fourth down, down, down at some point? And if so, will they get it? Yes, they attempt it. No, they don't get it. Oh. Um, I'm going to say, no, they never attempt one, so, no, they wouldn't get one. You're giving Rock Pretty a lot of credit here. No, I'm saying they're going to be punting because they're going to be third and 18. <laughs> All <right. Fair> <laughs> Gonna Fair be, enough. They're going to be 4th <laughs> 18. Brock Purdy, okay, let's go ahead. It's not even on my list. Over-under on sacks for Brock Purdy. <laughs> I'm going to set it at three
2: and a half. Jesus. Yes, because he's going to. I'll take the under on that. If you're setting it at three I... and a half, I'll take the under. All but right. I think he gets sacked. I don't think he comes out of this game unscathed. He's...
3: Y'all about to see what Brock Purdy did at Iowa State. Yeah, will. All right. There's okay, that. Kansas City.
2: Are they going to go for a 4th down attempt, and are they going to get it? uh blah. no because again i'm t- listen i'm riding that Mahomes train i don't think they need to try for a fourth down yeah i'm saying no just no outright no fourth down okay attempts.
3: no so megan is no and i'm <laughs> gonna do the opposite because i think yes they're gonna go for it and yes they're gonna get it at some point in the game okay okay all right so we have a fun
2: a couple quick ones we, we have might- to we have to bring this up too, though i appreciate that cb you had a swifty question does kelsey uh, Kelsey proposed to Taylor Swift and then here are the dog odds that Kelsey proposes and Swift says no. I like at that, zero. If, that, if she if he proposes and she says no, that caveat zero. you threw at the end. Yeah, I have to agree with that. The, the and she says no is zero. But the odds uh, he's, d- not gonna he's not going to propose
3: because he's not going to make it about him. Travis Kelsey is a team person Agreed. and he's not going to make the Super Bowl. It's already been too much about him and Taylor. Not even their doing. Yeah. Every other wife is and girlfriend is in the stands. The media has put
2: Taylor Swift well, on the screen because she's the biggest superstar in the world. Well, and I think something too, he, he said this actually, um, I think he was in their podcast or in an interview recently. He said, you know, what have you learned? You know, dating Taylor Swift, whatever. And he said, listen, the difference between being famous worldwide and being famous in Kansas City is massive. Yeah. You know, so I you know she's, At another agreeable, and I think he sees the stress. And one thing I will give him like, he's a trash talker, does all this stuff, but as a dude, he seems really solid, really honest. And he's he, when they first started dating, he was protective, like, he wasn't the one putting stuff out, he wanted her to be the one to be comfortable. So, I agree with that. I like that idea that he's not going to be the guy that makes it a spectacle. Like, this is his time. The Super Bowl is his time. She's there to support him. And if and when that moment comes, it's going to be a private moment between the two of them, not I agree. a public thing. I agree.
3: Yeah, yeah he's going to propose and retire. <laughs> <laughs> I think because, and he's very vocal about how, like, just impressed he is with how smart she is mm-hmm. and what a professional businesswoman she is yeah. and how humble she is. I just don't think he makes I, a I don't think he it. makes exactly, yeah. when it's their time to commit to that, it's not going to be. And, and also, what if she says no in front of everyone? That's yeah. embarrassing. Well. Uh, make Let's be clear. I don't think he'll he be, ain't gonna
2: ask that question. Without he's no not to gonna answer. be the one
3: that makes Super Bowl about them. That's all I, I would I say. agree. All right. So a couple of um, uh, Taylor Swifts. Will she be wearing a Travis Kelsey jersey? Okay. A real game jersey, not a cool jacket.
2: Okay. Inspired by the jersey. That was a question I had earlier. Yeah. Like, uh, is she gonna be wearing a piece made from a jersey? Like that badass jacket Which doesn't count
3: as a jersey. If that that's, doesn't that, count. Now
2: a jacket. Then no. Yeah. She's not wearing a jersey.
3: Um. I agree. Probably not. uh, Will Swift be shown hugging Kelsey's mom during the game? A thousand percent. A thousand, thousand times. Will Taylor Swift be in one of the commercials?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say yes, because Amex is very likely to be there and they use her as a spokesperson. Oh, that's good. She's pro- she's
3: in a few different commercials now. Amex is the one that Amex stands Amex is out the in my one mind. that's where she's drinking wine and she's in all her different. I mean, costumes. there's a ton of them, but yeah, yeah. Um, only because that's the perfect time to go ahead and pay to put her. That's clever. Yes, <laughs> uh, she'll probably be. They'll probably play one, even if they haven't made a new one. They'll pay to play. It'll one be that she's new already one. in. It'll be a new one. Um. Will she be? shown holding the
2: trophy no no absolutely even not. though
3: this is her first super bowl it win. doesn't
2: matter that's the, that's the dumbest question she's not no, on the team she won't. she's not gonna insert herself and
3: either. Forbes does have well Kelsey proposed to Swift after the game in their things and we already said no he's not gonna be making it about her about and that, him and her
2: yeah no spectacle all right I like it those are those are some pretty good I I appreciate that you have documented all of this so we can like drag ourselves after it so um yeah i dig it okay
3: um so richard says that taylor swift is sitting in the stands and she's not going to be in the suite
2: oh i haven't heard that
3: i haven't heard that either but we'll find out so the because she's flying in directly from tokyo like they even have special permission Suite. there's no way she's sitting in the stands. maybe she wants to i don't know no she would be harassed non-stop she needs to be in the suite so i don't know about that but we'll find out yeah but she has special landing strip permission from her for her private jet to rush and tokyo the embassy in tokyo has already released an official statement saying they have pr- approved her to rush out of the airspace That's in Tokyo. Stardom.
2: yes that that there, tokyo is like no we're releasing an official press statement there is
3: an official press statement from tokyo from japan i wouldn't want to be that famous saying she has she has been approved to fly immediately after her concert Crazy. so there will probably be a convoy sure police convoy private jet warming up and she gone yeah she and gone. still that's a 13 15, 14 15 hour flight from tokyo well you're going over the pacific you but to they'll make to straight it. to vegas and it's a private flight so it's not like she has layovers i know it's a massive yeah. private plane to go over the pacific ocean yeah anyway she will be there on time so one of the bets is will she make it by kickoff yes she'll be there she'll be there because the, the I, I trust the japan government to yeah, get her Japanese out government. As efficiently, yeah i agree as efficiently <laughs> as humanly that. scientifically <laughs> so, possible absolutely japan has it covered
2: yeah i agree they with that. are
3: amazing i at agree that. with that okay so any other super bowl thoughts no listen
2: i we're gonna make our picks let's, we, go, we ahead, let's last go ahead and make
3: our picks because we want to spend the last bit of time with um super bowl, i mean with Sark's uh interview sure
2: yeah, so I'm going to stick with what I picked last week, what y'all have probably guessed through our prop bets and all that kind of stuff. I'm taking Kansas City outright. Like, I know San Francisco's favored by by two in this. I'm taking Kansas City outright, and for the sole reason that I just, I cannot at this point, in good conscience, bet against Mahomes and Reed. I just can't. Andy Reed's got a great mind. I like the way, again, I think he's going to scheme. He's going to be ready. Love Shanahan. Go Horns. I get it. I gotta take Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in this one, so Kansas City wins out, right? How about you? I agree. This will be Taylor Swift's Taylor (laughs) Swift Taylor Taylor (laughs) Swift's first Super Bowl.
3: No, I I agree they're more experienced Mm -hmm. that both have stellar defenses. I trust Patrick Mahomes, not just in his athletic ability and that he's been a superstar and MVP multiple times, but also his experience in these big games. Right. And the fact that before this matters in
2: the Super Bowl, it does matter Mm -hmm. in the
3: Super Bowl. And the fact that before this season, he'd never even needed to play a game on the road. And then he was the underdog, actually the underdog in both road games and, and still went into hostile territories mm-hmm. and won in the freezing cold of Buffalo yep. and one in the cold. I mean, he's, we can't say they play in the cold, but one hostile environments, Baltimore, like number one, Super Bowl. Well, probably going to be the NFL MVP. Lamar um, Jackson, Jackson. Yeah. yeah. And then in Baltimore, he went on the road and won in those environments. He's going to be cruising on cruise control in an indoor stadium I got, I got with half the fans rooting for him, too. I got to agree. I got yeah. to agree. I am I will ride with the experience of Patrick Mahomes right. and Andy Reid. So we're Kansas City the whole way. Kelly will be proud. Kelly Coach will be proud. Be proud. <laughs> if, I did, if I had to pick, like, who's going to win this game, I mean, they're giving San Francisco two points.
2: That's fair. All right, so we are going to try to – I like it. I like it. I'm excited to bring the dogs over. We're going to have a great Super Bowl not party.
3: Not party. We're going to call it the Super Bowl not party. We're just going to watch it.
2: Yeah, I like it. Uh, We had a little bit of technical difficulty earlier sharing some clips, so we're going to try to jump in. We want to talk a little bit of Texas football to wrap up. Of course. Coach Sarkeesian, uh, of course, was at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, And fun fact, I I didn't realize this until recently. Mm Mm-hmm. We know that he, Sark, was inducted into the Shrine Bowl, East West Shrine Bowl Hall, of, Hall Fame, of Fame. Right. I didn't realize that he led all of D1 pass efficiency his senior year. I didn't realize that. It was a, let me let me look up these numbers again to make sure. Like his passer rating? Yeah, his passer efficiency was, right. he led, um, he had a 173.6 passer efficiency rating. And this was
3: at His BYU. senior season
2: at BYU. Because he se-
3: started at junior college, which he talks about in this interview, and mm-hmm. then made his way to BYU. And so... And you know what? That's really tough to do at a place like BYU that's not usually known. They've had moments, but they're not usually known for being this
2: swing it, go, sling it and go, high powered offense. And this was in when uh, BYU was in the whack, right? Um, That's whack. That's whack. Uh, (laughs) So overall, Sark had 162 uh, career efficiency, number 18 of all time. Not dang bad. You didn't. I see. I learned this about Sarkeesian this week. Of I thought it was all kind of cool. time. Like he's the 18th most efficient, efficient quarterback of all time of all D1. the thousands
3: and thousands mm-hmm. of D1 quarterbacks mm-hmm. in college football history. Crazy, right? He's in the top 20. Yeah.
2: So he could talk. See, he I'm can just talk. saying it's it's great. I learned this in pretty interesting. So he also obviously, I obviously we know that he led BYU to a really great season his senior year. They they got the WAC championship and went to the Cotton Bowl. But what I didn't know Sarkisian holds the record. What to be the first ever? He led BYU to be the first ever D one team to win fourteen games in one season. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's fun, that's, fun that's little pretty facts. Crazy. Fun little
3: facts about Coach Sark. So because back then they didn't have so much postseason stuff. Right. They didn't have such a long schedule.
2: Right. That playoffs didn't exist, and and the postseason was different. And yeah. Now they go fifteen were games all the time. Right. So anyway, he was the the first first ever, BYU That's, was the first ever that D1 team. Yeah. not cool? He represents. Got to be kind of proud of our coach there. I know. I learn something new every day. So, all right. So we did have a little bit of technical difficulty we're earlier. We're going to try and play it. We're going to try to share some clips here. Uh, so bear with us. Uh, do we want to try to get this one up?
3: Um, yeah, we're going to play it. If it doesn't, if the sound isn't good, let us know and I can play it through here. Yep. So I can I can try another way to play it. But the, so Sark was at the East, like you said, he was being inducted into the Hall of Fame at the East West Shrine Bowl. And it doesn't let me present. I know because, that's I because the I Because the settings. Yeah. So we'll just play the audio through there. And if it doesn't sound good, I'll okay. play the audio through here. Okay. All right. So one of the cool things that he was talking about was. He was around a crowd. In the beginning of the interview, there's so much outside noise. It's hard to hear. His there's self. a lot of it
2: through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: a lot. Yeah, but it, it dies down a little bit. But he's talking about the importance of being at a camp like this for the players. Mm-hmm. And he was saying it's kind of like, you know, you're being evaluated off the field too. Are you on time to meetings? Are you on time to practices? What is your demeanor? Are you prepared? So it's kind of gives a glimpse into what the nfl scouts are looking for the coaches at the play at the senior bowl looking at this but also what the scouts
2: what the scouts are looking for
3: and here's what he has to say and, and, and you
2: guys chime in and let us know if you can can or cannot hear this because we are still having some technical difficulties sharing well i you. think these
0: games that these Imagine that. I exceeded your expectations. That's so funny.
3: It made me play a commercial. These four games, these
0: asshole games are uh, huge because it's it's part of your interview process, but also it's part of your resume. In that, the coaches are really analyzing just about everything that the players are doing, whether it's how attentive they are in meetings, um, how well they can obtain information from the coaches that they feel the effort in which they practice, the actual work they put into practice. All of those things. Are they early to meetings? Are they late to meetings? So they're starting to build that resume around. you. So these are very, very important. But also to showcase the skill set.
3: So there there, he's talking about the, the, the coaches get to see what the discipline level and get to know the players. So especially in the Senior Bowl where they, they're trying to make there's you know, we have the, the mm-hmm. recent Senior Bowl and then there's the East West Shrine Bowl and they have an opportunity to present. And that this event for Texas was Jatavian Sanders, um Jonathan Brooks, who of course didn't c- compete because he has the um, ACL injury and then also Ryan Watts. So mm-hmm. they're asking him now about the different players and what did he see? In in the different players. So first, you just said, you know, that this is an opportunity to show how disciplined are you, are you prepared, are you professional. And then they asked him about Jatavian Sanders and what they can look for in him as a as a potential NFL draft pick. He's
0: a great player. Um, you know, naturally, he's got a lot of time, different, different talent. He's got great work ethic. He's extremely competitive. He's got high football IQ. I think these experiences for him as he's getting ready for the draft, naturally, you know, he has an opportunity to be a a real playmate at the NFL level. Um, But, again, all those same things, the interview process, how that goes about it, I think it's going to be big for him as he's getting prepared for the draft.
3: Okay, so he loves Tavian Sanders, his preparation. They asked him about Jonathan Brooks Mm -hmm. and, you know, how unfortunate it was that he was hurt at TCU, right? right? Um but still he's still the number one rated running back coming off the board. What what does that say to you Megan that he's still Listen, while he's in rehab from a ACL
2: surgery? I am absolutely blown away a by the surgery this. you've had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I I ain't no D1 athlete. That's for <laughs> dang sure. But but ACL surgery is no joke. Yeah. Um and it is it is a tough thing to power through and to figure out and especially to bring yourself back to the level that that you were prior to that right um now i will say if anybody can do it Jay brooks is there i was actually fortunate enough i reached out to our, our friend Quan mm-hmm. and asked him who did his acl surgery before when he was in the nfl right and i had his surgeon do my knee so i will tell you top notch like so you're pretty close to d1f i'm just I'm <laughs> basically <laughs> you're basically, basically D-1 right D-1 there athlete. basically right there but listen it was one of those things where, where my particular experience, I had a fast recovery, but if you want to talk about like getting back to trusting that knee and being able to make those cuts and hit hard, that's just hard. Like that is it, And a lot of it, I will say is mental versus, mm-hmm. versus even just the physical, the, 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 your doctors will get you there. The doctors will build that knee stronger maybe than it was before. It's that mental learning how to trust it again.
3: Oh, that's a good point. And if
2: anybody can can get him through to, to from where he was to going through that surgery and getting back, like I trust this staff so much. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe I'm making a big leap here, but uh, I feel a huge part of this, because it is mental, goes back to that culture that's being built. Yes. The whole staff buys into the culture. The whole staff. And, and Jay Brooks has talked about it. We're watching him. You know, we've seen him on Twitter coming out. Hey, you're three loading. I mean, yeah. he's hyped. He's ready. So, yeah, I what strikes I me think that was
3: blue that put you. Oh, I'm sorry. Load. Blue. Yes. Yeah.
2: But Brooks, like talking about this, but that mentality is yeah. still there with the running back room. We know that these guys, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. And Brooks, once he announced that he was leaving, I mean, he's talking about he's going to be back. It's that mentality. Like I said, coming back from an ACL surgery to me is is more about where your head's at than where you're physically at physically yeah. you can rebuild
3: well if you spend the last few months limping on a knee, yeah and crutches and i
2: feel that that brooks is a guy he had the mentality he had the next step mentality he waited for his time his time came at texas he performed and then he had the unfortunate acl you know tear but again he's a guy that is built for this he's built yeah. for a comeback he's mentally the, the, the strong, trusting it emotionally he's tough like and and I think it's really impressive to see the NFL and scouts going, yeah, we see that. It's not just about your physical readiness. It's mm-hmm. not just about is your knee whole again. It's that mental side of it. And I think that speaks volumes to, to how the staff has prepared him and to who Jay Brooks is as a dude. Yeah. Jonathan Brooks is there ready. Yeah. I love that. I love this for him. I love that he's still being ranked this high um, despite his, you know, setbacks. And I'm ready to see him shine.
3: Yeah, that's what Sark said. Now with the science nowadays, you can come back even stronger than you were before. So he also talked about Ryan Watts. They asked him about Mm -hmm. Ryan Watts, his versatility, him being big and strong and Mm -hmm. being able to play safety and corner. And he's, you know, training at both. And he was one of the fastest players at the East West Shrine Bowl. They're going to love his size. They're going to love his speed. So good luck to number six. Hope he, you know, something good happens for him in the draft. One of the cool things that we love to follow with uh, Texas sports is recruiting. And they asked him, they asked coach Stark about high school recruiting versus the portal. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people have, you know, the portal is amazing to get experienced players, or maybe someone who didn't develop right away or had a coaching change or all the different reasons that a player could come to the portal. But also some people are saying, well, that hurts high school recruiting because now somebody can just go take a third or fourth year player who has experience in the playoffs or experience in you know d1 or power five or whatever why would they take a high school kid and mm-hmm. this was that was a great question that sark was asked and this is what um he had to say about recruiting high school versus uh portal
0: discovered I really more more
3: ads no gotta love it
2: why
0: would it, it do that when prepared. i pause that She'd makes no you sense because you're
2: still watching i know Probably
3: because the
0: you're the pausing. that i got through college post-college some of the coaches that hired me along the way, because they Sorry, me. let me. That, that was a different I clip. Let me go right here. I, I think for us, it's pretty simple. We want to recruit high schools. That's what we want to do. We want to exhaust ourselves in the high school, and we want to get players into our program that get in our culture, get developed by, by our coaches and our staff, work their way up, and, and then and then perform. Uh, what the portal provides us is an opportunity to fill immediate needs when immediate needs arise. We lost three really good receivers this year. A few other guys went into the portal. We ended the season with only three scholarship receivers. So we had to sign four out of high school. Then we had to go get another three in the portal just to kind of get our numbers back right. So we use the portal to address needs. Uh, but again, I think everybody looks at the portal differently from team to team. That's just kind of, our approach to it as we move forward, Coach. When you were
3: all right. So one last um uh, one last audio. So they asked him this is on um if you go to Fan Fanatics View, they have this East West Shrine interview with Sark. If you want to watch the whole 13 minutes, but they have um they asked him about the dynasty at Texas, mm-hmm. and he's like, We can't have a dynasty until you get one. We're trying <laughs> to get the first one, yeah. Get a little ahead of yourself. I mean, with Texas that does question. have four, but he's talking about in his you know run. Uh, he's like no we, we got to get our one and that's really hard to do especially with the challenge of going into the sec and then they asked him about is texas back with all these players being drafted mm-hmm. and he's like talked about the record yes we're building it's coming you know and with this year they can have 10 or 11 drafted mm-hmm. so yes you know they're building something special but this was really um a really neat thing that T- uh, sar talked about when he they asked him about he when he spoke to the young players. He mentioned something about you know, throwing a pick six and having to overcome that. And he talked about comparing football to life and having to overcome adversity. And sometimes things aren't even your fault. You know, you didn't necessarily do that thing, but we all have to overcome challenges. So the we'll finish up way here. way to
0: kind of look at life, yes. If right? you just look at the game of football, and as the game goes, the, the adversity that we get faced with in-game, a turnover by a quarterback, uh, a cornerback getting beat deep on a go ball, a tackle giving up a sack, a fumble by the running back. But the game's not over, right? You still have to continue to play, and you've got to get refocused, recalibrated, trust your training, trust the people that are around you, do your job. Sounds a lot like life, right? Life presents adversity to us as well, but how do we get back up and then continue the, continue that journey? And so hopefully that that you know gives it a little bit of a... Just this, this kind of a nugget of man, you, we can overcome a lot in life. And uh, an interception to a defensive lineman might seem small, but as you as you get on the other side of that, and you keep playing, and maybe you throw a touchdown, uh, that that can serve in life too. That we can overcome a lot and keep moving forward. Keep
3: you can overcome a lot. Like I, I think of his own life story, right? Yeah. I mean, what he's t- had to overcome. I'm going to put the link in the comments, so if you want to go watch. The whole video, you can go watch it. It's fantastic. He goes on to talk about. Quinn, next mm-hmm. year, what's he looking for with the team? And Texas brand having SEC logo is huge for recruiting. He taught it's it's a fantastic interview. So I'm glad we got to share a little of it. I'm sorry the audio is hard to hear right now, but yeah. it's also hard to hear just on the video because there's it's a, there's crowd a lot of background in the stadium. But
2: if you get a chance, there's the link. Go watch the whole interview. It's really good. I'm glad I found it. But again, I think this is something that that Texas fans can look forward to and being excited, be mm-hmm. excited about. You know we've we've heard. So- everybody knows the story. Like Sarkeesian might not necessarily have been the coach that everybody was gunning for Mm -hmm. when the hire was made, but he's consistently proved himself. And even after that five and seven campaign the first year, and then coming back and being at 500 the next year. And Mm -hmm. then listen, Texas found their guy. And a big part of that is, you know, CDC has said this Jay Hartzell has said this when they were talking with Sarkeesian in the interview process. He had a plan for Texas. Mm -hmm. He had a plan. He had a vision. He knew exactly where he wanted to take this program. And he had enough insight to see Texas for what it was and where it was at. And to be able to develop a plan and say, this is how I see Texas's path to success, to Mm -hmm. getting back to being that dynasty, to getting back to being Texas and who we should be. And to his credit, that plan, and and this is from CDC and from the president of, of the University of Texas, Sarkeesian called it all out as it's been going. That first year, we knew it was going to be rough, five and seven. It but, was rough. But, but things were still going according to plan, right? I know that's hard to say. Nobody wants five and seven. But given where the program was at, given with what Coach Stark had to come in and deal with and sort out and figure out and get his mind around and, and everything, he had a reasonable, he understood the situation for what it is and had a really a realistic plan to move forward. So that first year was tough, but we clean out. We have the Bo Davis rant, right? Mm. Next year, you see some winning. The year after, year three, we are right on track. We won the Big 12. We did all the things that Coach Stark has planned for, has been coming to fruition, and now to hear him talk at the East West Shriner Bowl Shrine, yeah, I do that shrine. every time. Shrine Bowl. Um, again, the man gets it. He he has this insight, and and again, I think part of that is the struggles that he went through early on in his career. I'm sure that's a his, his own
3: personal. He's a humble dude that gets adversity. it.
2: Yeah, but has the ability to analyze and see things deeper than surface level that not everybody sees and understands. Mm-hmm. So. Listen, please, y'all, please listen to that that interview um that he has there. It it truly is inspiring. And yeah. it, there's a lot of hope for Texas football moving forward and, and it's, it's, strong, it's a good thing. A
3: strong foundation. I I feel like he like you said, he, because he's he knows what it takes to overcome, and football is life. You mm-hmm. have to overcome adversity, and sometimes things aren't your fault. You can be on defense and offense through the fourth turnover of the game. There's nothing you can do, do about it right. except, like he said, suck it up, shake it off, get do your job. Yeah. That's all you can do sometimes is get do over your it. job, and yep. you learn those lessons in life, too. Football is like life. Um, before we wrap up, I'm going to say a quick. Um, shout out, thank you to our one of our sponsors, covert B Cave, Covert Auto Group, and B Caves. Go to covert Um, and you can look at their massive selection of Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Cadillac, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram. Thank you for supporting Texas Sports and Filtered. We want to make sure we get a shout
2: out to Covert. Absolutely. B-Cave. They're awesome. Again, that's covertbcave.com. B-Cave. No S on the end of it Beautiful 42 acres. It is a wonderful facility they'll they'll take care of you for your new and pre-owned needs but also they'll, they'll get you service for your well pre-owned too. needs
0: your pre-owned <laughs>
2: needs but <laughs> All right. they they'll get you service too so okay thanks to them good job All
3: right. that was with so 2 hours go so fast it okay is. megan that was uh texas sports and filter thanks again for having a space for fire the cannon to have a have a
2: platform to talk i'm rocky and i'm megan and we are fire the cannon Happy super bowl <laughs> I'm sorry.